Hello, welcome back. It is another episode of Talking Bollocks with me, your host. Yes, that is I, Howard H. Smith. Hello, welcome back. Welcome for the first time. Lots of load, loads of back episodes to get through if you uh, uh, if you are here for the first time. And uh, let's get the uh, let's get the show underway, shall we? Show laughable description, really, isn't it? Uh, my name is Howard H. Smith. I am lead singer of UK thrash band Acid Rain. First album for twenty nine years came out in September, called The Age of Entitlement. And no, we have haven't toured it we can't tour it we've played four gigs to support it so far and yes that does piss me off but i also do stand up but obviously not right now but i do stand up as a character keith platt you can find acid rain and you can find keith platt all over social media go looking if you want to if you want to hook up and um i am also available in this guy's the podcast talking bollocks you can contact talking bollocks on social media um i uh, i will always respond even if you're uh, really nasty in fact probably better chance of me responding uh, if you are so uh, welcome welcome one welcome all lovely to have you here but what has been happening in the world of metal since we last spoke. Um, well, um, I put out a movie podcast. Yeah, I don't think that's going to make blabber mouth, but um, I hope you all uh, enjoyed that. Um, there's increased content as this podcast shows because you're going to you're going to get three podcasts this month. You've got the movie podcast at the beginning. You've got this one in the middle, and you're going to get one at the end of the month as well. So, and this one is a doozy and a big one. I know it's not all about size, but it does help. So, anyway. Let's crack on. Now's as good a time as any to mention that, as always, if you like what you hear, if you want more, you want to get this podcast early, if you want to get your own podcast, if you want to get a chance to ask people questions um, in, adva- in advance, you can. You can send your questions to me. I'll ask them. You get it all in your own podcast. You get backstage access. You, oh, sorry, behind the scenes access to Acid Rain and uh, talking bollocks so there's a load of stuff there in fact i did a live um podcast just for patrons this week um so we all met up on on uh, zoom they were able to ask me all the stories they've always wanted to ask me that i can't say on the podcast uh, and all the rest of it and it was really cool and it was fun so there you go and it's all five dollars a month really is that all howard yes it is really are you sure yes it is it is genuinely it's just five dollars a month wow that's amazing is that plus tax actually it is plus tax thanks for bringing it up yes it is plus tax that's five dollars plus tax plus tax i think it comes in at just under six dollars and it sounded like i was gonna fuck up a word there um and i was and because for some reason all of a sudden my mouth's gone a bit dry so i'm gonna get a little drink because otherwise this will be really annoying to listen to because you'll be able to hear the dry mouth and nothing sounds worse And the miracle of the pause button, as always, helps out. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, unlikely, um, let's have a look at what has been happening in the world of metal since last we spoke. Well, I tell you what, um, Clown from uh, Slipknot, I refuse to call him by his name, um, or his number, actually. Let's just call him Clown. Um, has uh, he's gone public with his passion for high-end designer clothing? Well, haven't we just reached the bottom of the fucking barrel for metal news during lockdown? Really? I mean, fucking hell! I couldn't give a shit what he wears. You know, stick him in. I tell you what, ju- stick him in a set of overalls for all I care. Hey, <laughs> see what I've done there? 
What a fucking knob. But not that this was followed up by uh, my my favourite quote. And this was highlighted to me by my good friend, No Friender, on, twi- uh, on Twitter. Uh, no Friender does the thrash metal show, uh, the thrashmetalshow.com um, uh, thrash metal podcast, obviously, the thrash metal show. It's great. It's excellent. He's got a really deep, booming voice. And sometimes he shouts and it makes you jump. But it's, it's, it's all good. And it's very in-depth, like, you know, eight-part episodes on fucking how Overkill formed. It's just insane. It's really, really cool, really in-depth. And, um, and he, he, I'd already seen it, but he included me in a tweet um, where uh, short, uh, oh, God, I nearly said his name, Clown from Slipknot had tweeted that um, he, he wasn't going to get coronavirus because he was too busy to be ill, that he didn't have time to be ill, I believe was the exact phrase. To which my response is, then please, for the sake of everybody out there, make time, you fucker. <laughs> oh, bless him. Hey, bless him. So what else has been going on? Um, in the least surprising metal news of all time... Original Judas Priest singer Al Atkins, yeah, that's right, you you know, the original Judas Priest singer Al Atkins, yeah, well, apparently, he's he's been fell out, he would be up for participating in the band's 50th anniversary tour. Isn't that good of him, eh? Isn't that good of him to leave his fucking job bloody... I mean, can you imagine? It just oh yeah, oh you know, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll tear myself away from l- running the local butchers, and um, yeah, I'll go on a world tour of fucking theatres, uh, arenas, and stadiums with Judas. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put myself out. I don't mind doing that. Yeah, he'd be up for it. Apparently, what a guy putting himself out like that for the benefit of us metal fans, hey? Hey, what a hero. Let's all give Al Atkins a round of applause, eh, shall we? For being willing to go on a on a world tour and leave his dull, miserable life that he's living now. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, I'd, I'd never heard of Al Atkins. I mean, he's probably one of many kind of um, original members that I haven't heard of from many bands all over the, you know, through their existence that I like. But, um... Yeah, do us a favour. Anyway, what else? Um, Asking Alexandria's Ben Bruce, we have to end racism. Well, thanks for that, Ben. Um, Cutting insight, and I'm sure you're the band to do it, because ice cream cone haircuts are just what is needed to battle racism. Um, Great sentiments, but... uh, I just don't like the band. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to find a take on it that doesn't make me come across like a cunt and I've realized the best way to do it is to say, "Do you know what? I'm actually just I just don't like the band. I'm having a go at the band. I'm not having a go at the fact that he said we have to end racism because that's self-evident." And and that's why it annoys me when people say things like that. Um and um so yeah, it, you know, bless him. I'm I you know, I'm I'm not it's not the message, it's just the fact that he's a dick and I don't like the band. So, in fact, he's probably he's probably not even a dick. I mean, I do you know what? Thinking about it, I have absolutely no evidence that he is a dick whatsoever. I mean, let's face it. But you know, whether this is your first time or your tenth time, or you've heard every show, even if it's your first time by now, you'll have really realised I'm pretty much a dick. So, it's pretty much well. I guess that's what dicks do, isn't it? They, you know, you call other people dicks with absolutely no evidence for that. 
So am I a dick or not? I'd try not to be, really, because I did... I, well, I pulled myself up on it, didn't I? I did say that I didn't have any evidence for calling him a dick. So so maybe I'm not a dick. I mean, he might still be a dick, right? I mean, I've never met him, so he might still be a dick. But I am not a dick for calling him a dick because I have kind of taken it back and said he might not be. There's every chance he isn't. I, I don't know. This is a fascinating debate, isn't it, that I'm having... With myself, I do realise that. I mean, you're listening to this and you're thinking like, yeah, okay, and you might be sort of getting involved with it and bouncing back and forwards with me, but you're not, are you? I'm just, well, in fact, well, maybe you are now, aren't you? Because now I'm kind of addressing you. I've drawn you in to the madness. Now we're all on this. Yeah, right. So, am I a dick or not? And what about the guy out of Asking Alexandra? Is he a dick? Um... So is it Asking Alexandra or Asking Alexandria? And I've deleted the fucking story now, so I don't know. Well, that was fascinating, wasn't it? We've all gone on a little bit of a... All gone on a little bit of a are we dicks or not trip there. <laughs> I'm already thinking about how, how I'm going to describe this episode. That's like kind of like the hamster wheel that is my brain. The virus that is running in the background constantly at the moment is the um is the intro to the podcast and what i'm going to how i'm going to describe it um given this absolutely nonsensical gibberish nut job start to the show anyway let's move on um i i can't, i've i've got to get i've got i've got to get a bit of water here hang on mm. that's better i try and keep the mic away from me when i'm swallowing because i there's i, I don't know i just think it's I've, I've listened to people swallow drinks on um, on podcasts before, and it's just made me a little bit. Ugh. And I think, well, if it happens to me, then there might be some people out there that it might happen to anyway. What would be worse would be spending a needless ten to fifteen seconds describing why you didn't gulp near the mic. That was fucking needless as well. We're, I'm back to just having a debate with myself, by the way, in case you were wondering. No, you're you're excused. You can carry on doing what you're doing, walking the dog, shagging the missus, um, shagging the hubby. Uh, let's keep it. Let's keep it balanced. Um, equality, that's what it's all about. Um, whether you're doing a long drive down the motorway, well, you shouldn't be, should you? Unless, of course, you're a key worker, lorry driver, in which case, you know, keep on trucking. Um, where, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, yeah, you're now part of the debate again. So, um, great news for um, people who don't like stone, stone sour. Well, that'd be me. Um, it, stone sour is on the hiatus right now, says Cory Clark. So, sorry, Cory Clark. No, Cory Taylor is written right there in front of you, Howard. Cory Clark is from Warrior Soul. He's been on the show. Cory Taylor hasn't. Okay, Howard. It's the one who hasn't been on the show. Yeah, that's right. Okay, take two. We can edit this bit out. Cool. So, uh, yeah, Stone Sour is on the hiatus. Um, and um, so says Cory Taylor. So, good. That's all I've got to say about that. Absolutely fucking marvellous. The, the longer that that fucking middle of the... They, they, they couldn't be more middle of the road if every single member drew, painted a white line down themselves right in the middle. They could not be... If they just painted themselves as white, as white lines and lay in the middle of the road, that would be an, an adequate visual description of how middle of the road they are. Seriously in danger of getting run over every single one of them. Um, and, uh, yeah, on hiatus good but i'll tell you who's not on hiatus i'll tell you who just doesn't seem to be fucking disappearing at all they just won't die like cockroaches manowar have now announced celebrate 40 years of manowar live orchestra and choir 
Viking reenactors, stunning visuals, and a powerful set list full of immortal classics. You can now get your tickets for the. Right, I'm not reading any more of that because I don't want to a look like I'm in. Uh, uh, I don't a look like I'm endorsing it in any way, or b I don't want anybody listening to this to be able to get their ticket information from fucking me. I don't want anyone buying a ticket. Oh, in fact, now I've mentioned it, haven't I? There's going to be people saying, oh, yeah, I bought a ticket for that. I heard about it on the Talking Bollocks podcast. And there you go. I fucked up, haven't I? Totally, totally fucked up. Played right into Man of War's hands there. Dear me. That was probably always their plan because they are clever in battle like that. Um, so I tell you who's not coping with the uh, the lockdown very well, apart from me, in case you hadn't guessed. I mean, that's pretty fucking obvious by now, isn't it? Um, Ted Nugent. Oh, dear me. He's not coping well, is he? You know? But old man living alone on his, you know, on his fucking ranch, just shooting things whenever he likes and stuff. Yeah. You probably don't want to be talking to the press, Ted, and saying things like Donald Trump has been sent by God. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter if you're religious or if you like Trump, saying that phrase out loud makes you look like a fucking madman. And there's no other way of putting it. Yeah. Clinically insane. That's what that sounds like. And I'm sorry, but there is no other way of putting it. You know, I, I can't, you know, oh, he's, he has troubles. No, no, I'm sorry. Sometimes you just got to call madness where you see it. And I'm calling madness on Ted fucking Nugent. Christ, full on chicken. That's chicken oriental mental. All right. Um, elephant and castle, stick it up your arsehole. That's not it. Anyway, um... I'll tell you what is good news. What is coming out that I'm looking forward to is, oh yes, Volition, the new EP from Mordred. Yes, that's right. Mordred are coming back. They've got an EP coming out called Volition. Go Google it. Go find it. Um, it's coming out this month in June. Um, and I don't know why I've suddenly started talking like a fucking twat. Um, some would say that I always do. In fact, me talking at all is just that. Well, bear with me because I'm just going to go. Uh, there we go. Right. Release date of June the 19th. Okay, so not long after you hear this. Friday after this podcast comes out. Um, which is useless to you people in the future. It's probably been out for fucking years now, hasn't it? Anyway, I'm not talking to the future right now. Let's stick to the present. So, yes, um, go get it. Go get Mordred's new EP, Volition, on the 19th of June. I'll have to get Scott Holderby on the um, on the podcast as well, because um, uh, I would describe him as a friend. We are, um, we, 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 you know, we've met a couple of times since they came back, and they were over here. I spent a lot of time hanging out, and he's a really cool guy. I get on really well with him, and um, I did some stuff for them at, for their um, social media channels as well. More in as rain capacity, but you get the picture. Anyway, I'll try and get him on. Um, what else have we seen? We've seen, well, on, on the subject of other releases, New Lamb of God is out. That's right. The new La- Lamb of God. Lamb of God. I've got a new album out. I bet everybody's really excited about that. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. Apart from sort of me, really. Um, I've got it. I realise I've got it early. I've, I've not got past three tracks yet. I'm not going to slag it off. Out, you know, straight out the gate. I mean, it'll be shit. Um, no, it won't be. It's just, in my opinion, it'll be shit. I won't. Um, look, I may well like it. In fact, I, you know, first track had some really good, cool shit going on. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let Dave Blythe be for now before I call out his um, barking dog vocals uh, again. Let's wait and see. Hope I'm surprised. Um, so 
What has been going on? What else been going on? Well, I never thought I'd ever do a cover a story like this on Talking Bollocks. Make myself sound like a fucking journalist, which I'm clearly not. As the previous 15 minutes of empty, empty-headed ramblings and frankly, um, borderline insan- borderline insanity and frontier gibberish. Great phrase. Copyright Bob Mills. Fighting talk. Um, but yeah, this is not something I thought I'd ever be saying. Doro has just finished um, a drive-in gig in Germany. That's right. Doro has been doing a drive-in gig. She did a drive-in gig. Okay, that's basically what I'm trying to say. Now, I just can't imagine... I cannot imagine a drive through gig. I don't know about, I don't know about you guys. Um, don't really ever want to find out, to be fair. But who knows? I mean, you know... Well, we don't drive through. Dri- no drive-in gig drive-through gig uh drive-through gig yeah uh, hello doro yeah can i have um can i have a warlock song is that all right yeah which one would you like i'm gonna make up a warlock song title um wizard of the north because fuck me that probably is a warlock song title um okay yeah no problem that's me that's me doing doro is it is it really is that me doing doro slightly more pitched howard voice uh okay uh, yes, which song would you like? Oh no, this can't go. No, sorry, accidental, accidental Nazi. Uh, that can't happen. Right, fuck it. Let's get into an interview before I lose my mind. And um, this is a really cool interview, uh, even though I say so myself. I know because I've had several friends that I sent it or asked to hear it before it was released, and they all said it was really cool. But hey, they might just be being nice to me, and you might hate it. Anyway, let's just get on with it. Um, uh, yeah, I got to speak to Jimmy, and um, he's really cool. Uh, and this is what we said. Hello. Hello, Jimmy. Hey, what's going on? Oh, you know, same as everybody else. Uh, still on lockdown <laughs> over here in London. Yeah, same here, pretty much. Uh, yeah, where, whereabouts are you? I'm in Northern California. And um, uh, and when you say pretty much, um, how tight is lockdown? Well, you know, we've had everyone inside the house for about two months now, and it's basically just go out, you know, for well, you know, groceries and gas. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, but... Uh, you know, it's like, it's weird because, you know, are, are you taping this now? Are we on? Oh, yeah, yeah, going? yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a it's a long-form rambling conversation. If we actually get around to oh. talking about music, it'll be, be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, been, it's pretty bizarre around here because, you know, I live in Silicon Valley. And, like, this is the, this, the epicenter of, like, tech. Yeah. And it's, it's really crowded here. And... um you know, I go out biking every day, and like I'm literally riding my road bike down the middle of the roads. <laughs> you know, yeah. Was this normally dead stop traffic? Like I, I was on the expressway the other day, and I normally, you know, I ride in the bike lane. I just rode down the middle of the road. I'm just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, a, a car comes up behind me, just passes me, whatever. But I mean, it's so ridiculous. Where it's like you know places that were dead stop traffic. There's not a car on the road, so yeah. you know I just I just go out on my road bike during the day and just ride around and because that's one thing you could do here as far as you know getting out. You know you want to get in some open spaces. You know and, and um because I normally do a lot of mountain biking, right. but 
you know, the mountain biking trail is real narrow, and you have to pass people, and pat people pass you. And, you know, you don't really want to be breathing on anybody, and you don't want them breathing on you. So now I'm just out road biking all the time. It's, 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 it's actually kind of cool, you know. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. I mean, I'm, I get out on my bike as, uh, as often as I can. Um, and um, it's one, yeah. like you say, it's one way of, of, of kind of getting away from everybody as well. Um, but it's it, it yeah. there's 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 there've been definite benefits to 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 you know to all our lives being made a lot simpler, um, and this kind of enforced um, stay indoors. But um, yeah, it, it would be nice to get things moving again. Yeah, certainly. I know a lot of people are really getting beat up financially, but you know, I hate to be cavalier, but it is what it is. You know, it's like you yeah. know. It's 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 funny. It, I'm listening to all this stuff on the radio, <clears throat> and um, well, you know, I, I'm sure you have it over there with the uh, with soccer. You know, well, you know, leagues are trying to open up. Yeah. And and then you have the medical experts, and you know, you have Doctor Fauci, and he's like, "Don't be too quick to do that," you know, because we're not going to start putting people, you know, twenty thousand, thirty thousand people in a venue in like a month. That that's just not that's just not wise, but you know, people. It's like it's like it's it's weird because people are sort of like trying to figure out how to balance loss of revenue with risk of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, they're, they're talking the same things happening over here, um, but all all sports um, are are obviously being told it will have to be behind closed doors. Um, right, which yeah. which you know completely changes the dynamic there as well, and 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 financially as well, because you've now got promoters. You know, there's there's now there's not sort of you know there's not ten million, ten million uh, pounds dollars coming through the, coming through the gates. People aren't going to be there, right. so they've got you know. So how do they make that up? But also, they can't just put the price of pay per view up because if they do, people won't buy it because everybody's indoors losing money. So it's like right, they, it's a complete restructuring of all of that process, and that's just to put on one boxing match. Right. Yeah, I know. I know they did a UFC fight over the weekend yeah. with no crowd. They did a pay per view, and and from what I understand, it did pretty well. But you know that's. That's an individual sport. That's sort of like they could almost do stuff like that with, um, you know, ultimate fight stuff, uh, t- tennis. They could probably do golf. But, you know, when, you, when you're when you talking like soccer and football and baseball, yeah. hockey, basketball, you, you, I, I just can't see it happening. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it's it's going to be it's, it's going to be well, you know. It's going to be a very, very slow easing out of lockdown because um, what we don't want to do is, you know, end up going back into any kind of lockdown because that really would be, that really would put the cat among the pigeons. Oh, I mean, can you imagine doing this twice? Where, yeah. like, say, say we have, everyone comes out in a month, then then if there's a spike in cases, then we have to go back down for another two, three months. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's catastrophic. Well, it, but, if, you know, if, if that happens... The most, honestly, the end of... Yeah, at the end, end of the day, though, the most important thing is your health and your family's health. So, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we do go back into lockdown, I reckon I will um, I reckon I will complete Netflix. Um, I'll have just watched everything by then. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I'll get some kind of award I, for that. that Howard, that's, that's, that's quite a thing to actually have watched everything <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to go to, have to, go to another you, international You know what's region. funny? You know what's funny? I got to tell you, you know where I live in Northern California. It used to be, it's like a quiet 
sort of section, the southern section of San Jose, it's called uh, Los Gatos. And it used to be really quiet and not a lot of traffic. And guess who built two major complexes a block from my house? Netflix. <laughs> wow. Right. I mean, literally, it's, I like, it's like 30 seconds from my house. And, you know, and I kind of live in a rural place. And I'm, because I guess one of the guys that started Netflix is from here. And I'm like, do you really have to build this enormous shopping mall campus a block from my house? <laughs> yeah, that's um, well. I think at the moment they are. It's the it's the world's biggest trading company. They've they've gone huge because of the lockdown. Their um, their share price has gone through the roof. They're like massive, even big. Well, well, yeah, because that's exactly uh, yeah. The only thing, to, but you know, it's funny when I go by there, the place is empty. It's like because they're they're closed and they have been for a while. Yeah. So I don't know if they just have administrative staff in there, but you know it's funny because there's a hiking trail behind Netflix, and a friend of mine walks. He lives right across the street, and he has to walk his dog through the Netflix parking lot to get to the hiking trail. And you know he just walks with his little dog, and they have these like ground security that they always come up and hassle him and go, "Hey, you can't be here," and he's just like, "Piss off." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like there's just, there's no rules anymore. It's, it's like I was I was talking to a couple of police officers today actually, because hey, um, Howard, Howard, hold, Howard, hold, yeah, on, sure. hold on, one one second. I just got to cool. do, do some. Hold on a second. All right, no worries. I had to you know, people coming in and out of the house. I just had to see what was going on. <laughs> so no go ahead. You were talking to. A few, sorry about that. Life life is going on here all the time. So you were yeah. talking to a police officer. Uh, yeah, I was, well, I was talking to a couple of cops because there's a hairdresser's um, and on the door. It says um, that that you know I'm not here, but ring this number and I can be here in five minutes, uh, or ring this mobile number and private visits can be arranged. Now right. hairdressers are still supposed to be closed, uh, but the police right. were saying that basically her advertising that it's not illegal, but if somebody was then to go and do that, then they would both That's illegal. yeah yeah. So it's like and, right. and I was like right okay so. What what's going on? And they were like, "Oh, just you know, I don't know." <laughs> it was just completely confused. Everything is completely confused. But um, so, are you uh, work wise? If uh, I'm not sure, do you still have your your music shop? No, and I'm glad I don't right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for a big, massive sigh of relief. Oh my god, that was. No, you know, I I closed that a few years ago because it, 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 I had this drum shop for about ten or eleven years, and um, it just got to be a point where I I was just spread too thin. Where you know I was touring eight nine months a year. I had the drum shop and I had a manager and I had a competent staff, but I was still like doing the bookkeeping on the road while I was touring and you know ordering and all this other stuff. And then you know I come home and I've got other business stuff going on i've got kids and i'm like okay something's got to give here yeah because you know it, it, i just had way too much on my plate and in hindsight i'm glad i closed it because you know the issue with it is to be quite honest it to do anything brick and mortar these days is extremely difficult and you know i saw over the years after i opened it our in-store sales were good, and then the internet sales would go up, go up, and at some point the internet sales surpassed the in-store sales. And where, and basically, mostly everything now, you know, is mostly internet. So 
And with commercial rents being so expensive here, and, and in, in most major cities, it's not—it's just not worth doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, you may as well—you may as well just be an online business, you know, completely. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just—I so, mean, you know, I liked having it. I mean, it was—it was more of a passion than anything. It, you know, it made money, but it wasn't—you know—no one was getting rich from it. And I just like doing it. You know, we had a lot of great seminars and clinics, and. You know, we had a lot of people come through the door, and we sold a lot of stuff. But, you know, like any other retail thing, the margins on that stuff is really tight. There's not a lot of money in it. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, you have to do volume. But it, but it was it was really fun to do. But at some point, I just didn't have the time anymore. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I shut it down. Yeah, well, like you said, probably uh, probably for the best. So, so are you, um, are you just, have you just been touring constantly since? Have I been what constantly? Have you been touring constantly since you um, since you yeah, closed the business? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, last year I pretty much didn't do too much touring. I've been doing a lot of local gigs. I've been doing some sessions. I've been doing a lot of teaching. Um, you know, I haven't toured a lot in the last year or so. But you know, listen, I I've been touring since like the early eighties. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not. You know, <laughs> I'm not. In a, in a big rush to do it unless I find something I really want to do I'm really excited about. I mean, I've been on the road so long. Um, I'm not in a big rush right now to get on the bus with like five other guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I, reading through your reading through your history, it's like, a, it, I mean, it's a, a who's who of, of heavy metal, rock, you name it. Um, is how how did you were you did you always set out to for, to play metal and, and and rock or was it is it just a genre you kind of fell into or was it you know how did it play the music play a role in you with your drumming? It was sort of like a thing where I really didn't have. I was more of a jazz drummer to be quite honest, and I was doing a lot of rock stuff on the east coast of the united states where i grew up and i was playing there like five six nights a week from the time i was like 16 to 20 in like the local clubs around the trice you know all around new york new jersey delaware pennsylvania maryland and um <clears throat> and i was doing that six nights a week and you know after a while i was like okay i'm gonna go to la and see you know what's going on out there and i went out to la and i wanted to do sort of like a jazz fusion thing and I started doing jingles and sessions and stuff like that, you know, like for, you know, TV and radio commercials. And, you know, and I started playing on artist demos and, and I was starting to get into the studio scene in L.A. And uh, <clears throat> a friend of mine said, hey, you know, Ozzy's auditioning drummers down the street tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, OK. So I just went down there and played. And eventually got hired for a couple of months to work on the Ultimate Sin record. And it sort of kind of kept going from there. I just kind of kept getting calls from, you know, rock and metal bands. Right. So it's it, it, it's just kind of like it, it drew you in, basically. Yeah, basically, I could have gone either way. I would have been really happy playing like jazz or something like that or whatever. I mean, I like all styles of music, I, you know, for the most part. I, I, really, I really wasn't directly trying to get into the rock metal scene and that's why i just i always kind of laugh and go oh you're a metal drummer i'm like not really but okay whatever i'm just a, i'm i'm just a, a musician I, you know i play whatever i feel like playing 
And yeah. So I just kind of kept doing that. And, you know, like I said, after that, uh, I, I did a bunch of these Aussie sessions. I got a call from this band uh, from Ireland, Mama's Boys, to play with them for a couple months when their brother was sick. And uh, they were opening for Gary Moore, so I did that. And then, you know, after right after that, I went to do this band in New York called Talus, and then from there I went to Y&T, and then, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, and and it's um it, it's kind of, kind of a real a real winding road. Um, it seems like it seems like you kind of went from from project to project. Was that is is that something that just kind of developed? You know, have you is there any one band where you felt sort of more of a member than than an an employee, as it were, or you know, a, a session guy? Well, it depends. You know, there, you know, there's certain there's, there's different situations. You know, like. <clears throat> You know, when you're doing sessions or you're just playing playing in a solo artist band, you're basically an employee. That's just the way it is. And I'm fine with that because it's sort of like not owning the business because sometimes you don't want to own the business. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I mean? you just want to be able to punch in you know, and punch out. Yeah, basically, because, you know, I've been in bands where, you know, like, you know, there's a couple of them. There's like, you know, Suicidal, Edel, and Megadeth and Y&T, you know, and you're running a business. It's not like you're just showing up and playing your songs. You're running a business. You're having business meetings. You're going over budgets. And, you know, you can come home one tour and make a bunch of money. You can come home the next tour and lose a bunch of money. And those are the things you have to deal with when you're in a band. You have to run it like a business. Now, when you're playing for someone like, you know, Alice Cooper, you know, we just make a deal. I go out and play, and it's easy. It's, you know, it's just, it's fun. I show up, I play. Yeah, we go tour around the world, and then 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 the years are over, and then you go do something else. You know, it's basically being a mercenary. <laughs> um, you know, it's like it's, I'd, it's I'd like say more. Going, I'd say more soldier of fortune. I'd, I'd say more soldier of fortune. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's an old Joe Perry song. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but for your, yeah, but for, I, for, I, for, for your music trivia. <laughs> well, I get exactly I get exactly what you mean as well because, um, like you say, you you don't have the external uh, business, uh, you know, worries. You know, you're not looking out into the crowd every night thinking, "Oh, what have we done tonight? It's only half full. I hope we've done well on merch." Or you're you don't have you don't... <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. You're exactly right. I don't want to. There's some. There's a couple of years in there, man. I. You just. It's it's so much easier to just go show up and play. You know, it oh. really is. Oh yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, having you know that th- those things, those things I said earlier, they're exact thoughts I've had on stage while I'm, you know, while I'm while, I, while I'm singing away, thinking, yeah, you know, it's it's only half full. How hope we do well on shirts, and you know, and then you and then you have to go. Oh yeah, yeah hang on, there's a, or, there's a show. Or you do. know the other one, you know the other one, you, you you see the dog out there, and you go, I hope I hope they didn't let the dog in for free. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What 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 show is that from? What what English movie is that that from with with the band? Oh, um, that's bad news. Yes, bad news. Yes, yes. yes. Comic strip. I saw that like thirty some years ago. I always remember that. You didn't let the dog in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, funnily enough, <laughs> um, funnily enough, I was I was at a. Um, all of those uh, that was part of this thing called the comic strip presents um and some right. of the guys who wrote the young ones did it as well and um yes. they uh, they're just all about to be um 
uh, remastered, re-released, all restored um, on Blu-ray. And the company who were doing it, um, the label I'm signed to are, are part of the same company. So I was invited to the uh, premiere in Leicester Square down in London, where they were going to have a screening nice. in, in, you know, screen it in the cinema for the first time ever, which was great. Um, and wow. then, and then when I got there, the uh, the guy from the label came up and went um, and just said, "Look, they uh, they haven't got anybody here to um, they haven't got any but anybody here to um, run the um, Q and A." And I was like, "All right, what well, moderate it?" And they were like, "Yeah." And I said, uh, "And they said, would you do it?" So yeah, no problem. So um, so right. I got to nice. so, so um, Peter Richardson, who's the drummer, Spider. Nigel Planer, who's yeah, the spiders. bass player, then. Spiders, yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah. I um, so I yeah, so I so we watched it, and then um, uh, and yeah, we got to meet meet them, have a chat, and then we went out on stage and um, uh, and did the whole question and answer for like forty five minutes. It was it was brilliant. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Wow. Was, it, hey, so so when, so what are they talking about over there as far as like like. Opening up or opening London up? Is there any talk of that yet? Um, well, we've yesterday um, we had was the first day of a slight change, which is they're going to allow um, garden centres to open. Um, okay, we, uh, and they're going to try and bring football back, which is basically that. Basically, if they brought if they open garden centres and bring football back, that's ninety percent of people happy right there. Um, right, but um, it, it, yeah, it's it. I mean, the sports, the sports side of things is is still a way off, um, and that would all be behind closed doors. At the moment, um, the we're allowed out the house as we've only been allowed out for an hour each day. But from now on, we're allowed out the house um, as much as we like, as long uh, but to exercise, wow. but but to exercise. Purely to exercise, right. but we're allowed, well. We're allowed out two or three times a day. We're allowed to meet up and sunbathe in the park. We're allowed to meet up with people who are not from our household, but we must all observe social distancing. Everybody must be two meters apart, at least two meters apart. Um, right. And um, uh, and and that's that's the uh, oh, and also, you know, if you can work from home, then work from home. But if you um, if you can't work from home. Um, do your best to to get into work. Um, make sure that you you know speak to your employers and see if they're you know see what they've put in place. And if you're happy, then go back to work. But try not to use public transport. Try and drive or walk or cycle. So that's yeah. That's what I was I was going to ask about the the tube. Is the tube closed? Uh, no, no, tube it, it, no, no. The tube is running as normal. Um, wow. But but well, it's running as normal because. There's nowhere near the volume of people out there. I mean, if you think of the tube, right. uh, if you think of the tube as that uh, as that expressway you were on the other day, you know that's yeah. that that's basically how people get in and out of London. So for the few people who are doing okay. it, they need, but they also need to be able to use it and be able to socially distance on it as well. Because they, and I imagine you know the, the city is probably sterilizing it to a degree and cleaning it and whatever I, oh, I would hope absolutely absolutely um yeah. the thing is they've scaled it down slowly what they did initially was they uh, they they started running a half service and what it did was it meant that it meant that the people that were using it were all being stuffed into carriages and they couldn't distance from each other so 
That's right. When, so right. so it's 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 kind of well, I say it's running as normal. It's scaled back a bit because you don't need, but it, they've scaled it back bit by bit. But you could, I mean, the um, I'm near an overland station, and um, and the normal volume of trains are in and out of London every day on there. It's just there's very few people on them. Wow, wow. Yeah, like I said, I've seen photos, or you know, I was looking, you know, at the news and stuff. And it's like I've never seen. It's like you know, when you look at, like, there was a drone uh, video of like Manhattan, and it's just like it's like there's no one there. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like one car driving down the center. <laughs> and that was it, and it's just like it's bizarre when you look at this stuff. It's like it's it's like I said, I went on the freeway here. I think. The other day, around five o'clock, I'm just I don't see what's going on, and I went out. I actually in in my car, and there was literally I could see two cars for like a mile, and this is normally dead stop traffic. Yeah, and I'm like, God, it would be great if this was like this all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, it, well, it's, it, the 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 air quality is improving all over the place, and you know, Venice, yeah. Venice, the the dolphins have come back to Venice, and. You know, I mean, it's 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 definitely um, it's it's you know hit the pause button for us all. Um, so, but um, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I I I, w- I would be more than happy for things to start opening up a little uh, as soon as. I mean, I don't want to rush it, obviously, but it would just be nice yeah. to be able to um, uh, to to get on with life, really. Yeah, no, I, I, as long as you know we sort of get a handle on whether it's safe or not. No, I'm definitely ready to. You know, there's some. I mean, you know, I was supposed to do a couple gigs this month, and of course, all of that got canceled. There's no live music, and I don't. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't think. You know, I've talked to guys in different bands over the last couple of weeks, and I won't say who, but you know, they were like, "Well, we're hoping for late summer or fall." Well, I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I really no don't think so. No, no, yeah. not not a chance. No, li- there won't be any live shows this year. And and no, really, and, and also, like, we, if you're talking if you're talking stadium shows, uh, not until there's a vaccine. Simple as that. No, can't can't no, happen. That's exactly, Just can't. Yeah, happen. I, I think so. I think you're right. You but, know. You know. I see everyone's. Yeah. You put twenty thousand people in an arena. You you only you only need like twenty or thirty people to have coronavirus, and you've got another massive outbreak. I know. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm like I'm not. I wouldn't go. I mean, it, yeah. you know, I know one artist told his manager, and here again, I won't say who, he said, I'm not going back on tour until there's a vaccine. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, 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 I think that's, I think that is going to be the way of things. Um, I mean, smaller events, maybe we might start opening up to those. But again, you know, will there be social distancing? You know, will cinemas, will cinemas open? And, you know, but you can, you have to sit at least two seats away from people and, you know, same with restaurants, and will that be the easing of you know easing of lockdown? But we'll still yeah. be under we'll still be under fairly strict social distancing rules. So, um, yeah, I, I think it. I, I think everything could take a lot longer than than people realize at the moment. Are are restaurants open there now for takeout and pick out? Uh, yeah, yeah, thing? we've been able to. Um, we've been able to order takeout, but you have to. Um, um, obviously, you're only that you know they they only allowed sort of I think it's you know well you socially distance they're only allowed a few people in each time, um, uh, but yes they've they've remained open throughout. Um, right. Well, you know you know what I miss about London. 
What? Indian food. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. Oh, God, I would... I could kill for a Madras right now. I swear <laughs> to God. Well, do you know, it's funny you should say that because I think curry is is it's really hard to get right because I've eaten curry probably, oh. probably like yourself all around the world, but there's there's some countries just oh. like Germany, for instance, just stop, don't make curry anymore, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what's funny? I never had Indian food till the mid '80s, and I was over there rehearsing with Ozzy and I don't do you remember Bob Daisley? Oh yeah, yeah, keyboard player, yeah. No, Bob Daisley, he was the bass player in the Oh sorry, of bass player of course. Of Duh, yes, yes. Sorry. No, it's my so, mouth, I'll go wrong. So, that's all right. Hey, you've been on the you've been on a long long time. So after rehearsal every night he go, What what are you doing tonight, young squire? I'm like, I'm just hanging out. He's like, You wanna go get some Indian food? I'm like, Yeah, sure. He had Every good Indian place in London, he knew when he knew the owner and the manager. So every night after rehearsal, we would go out for Indian food. And it was great. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I love this. And then I remember a couple months later, I went back to the East Coast, and I was, like, looking around, like, is there any Indian restaurants around here? And there was none. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. And even, well, I live here. And uh, in the Bay Area, you know, we have a really large Indian population here because a lot of them were, you know, they're, they're here in working in tech companies. Yeah. And I swear to God, I cannot find one good in- Indian restaurant here. Well, that, well like, that, that's because that, that would appear to be because the, the Indian people that you've got there are, are, are all scholars and don't need to fall back on their culinary skills. Hardly. That, that seems well, that, no, definitely. Def- there, there, was, there was one place that opened. There was one place that opened about a year ago, and it's new. And I'm like, all right, I, I got, I got to go try it. And you know, and literally, I'm like, oh, I'll just try a tikka, see how that goes. And it literally tasted like sauce, and then like basically they dumped some chicken meat in it and like boiled it for three minutes and t- took it out because even though that's got to soak for a long time. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, um, this is like the McDonald's of curry. I'm like, ah. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, you're the, you're the, I think you're the first American I've ever spoken to who the first thing that they, the one thing they missed about London was food. Um, but uh, but to be fair, it's not it's not British food, so I'll I'll give you that. Well, I do much other things, but that's just the one thing. I mean, rest assured, you know that that's the thing about walking around London. You can walk in just about any Indian cafe and get a good a good curry. It seems, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's um, well from where I'm where I'm from originally up in Yorkshire, um, got a place called Bradford near um, near there, um, yeah. which is absolutely incredible for um, for curry. It really is, and it's yeah. kind of it's almost like you know it's almost like the cheaper the price, the better the curry. Um, it really is. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. So when, when was the it's last like, time you were like here? around here with 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 Mexican food? Ah, the right, large yeah. Hispanic community and, and Mexican food and it's like I think I've had Mexican it's funny I've had Mexican food in Germany before and I was like yeah don't do that again <laughs> right so your Mexican food is my like, curry in Germany yeah yeah I think they should just hang with the oh wow do you know what I've just thought of I've just thought of the worst meal ever a Mexican curry in Germany <laughs> <laughs> That, oh. that, that's 
stomach pump for sure. Oh man, you're not coming. I think I'd rather have coronavirus. You're not going to come back from that. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to burn. I That's... know. I've done. I've done all that weird stuff traveling where I'm like, you know what? How about I try try Mexican food in Iceland? All right. Eh, <laughs> no, that was a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, it's like funny. It's like, God, I just want to try something different. You're like, you know, I don't. I mean, I've tried like or like. You'll be in some weird place. Like, let's try sushi. And you know, really? You think so? Okay. You know, yeah. If if we're dead tomorrow, you know why? You know, it's like, you know. Well, I think also I think it's it's after especially when you're on the road. If you get a chance to eat, if you get a chance to eat in a in any you know in a, in a decent restaurant, you really want to make the most of it. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And that's the thing. You just want to change it up for your palate because you've been out on the road so long. And, you know, basically when you have catering, you know, the catering even gets old after a while where you're like, okay, I need something else. I mean, even though, you know, it's usually pretty good, but sometimes you just kind of get bored with it. You know, you have to try and mix it up. But, uh, yeah, we've had all sorts of culinary adventures. It's too bad they didn't have internet when I was touring. I could have done like a should have done like a, a TV show about eating bad foods in different cu- countries. Well, I, look, that's now is the time. Now is the time to be resurrecting ideas that you should, that should have taken place in the eighties and try and try and make it happen I now. Done, I could have done the Anthony Bourdain thing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Except, except he go and drink and eat all day. Except when the day's over, he goes to the hotel. I have to, have to go and play a show. Well, yeah, I, th- I think you should. Um, I think you should. Well, yeah, and I, I think you should basically uh, do a podcast because that's what all lazy people do, right here, um, <laughs> and, and, um, and and just ring and uh, ring up old like old crew members and band members and people that you've been that that where you had culinary experiences and just and just have the 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 uh, the rock and cooking podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. I should do something like that. I um it's funny just as we were talking my my both my boys are in track and they're they're still you know they're on they're on virtual school basically you know they're on virtual classroom and they have to do their track stuff so they go out in the neighborhood and they go run with their iphones and they they run like 100 meters and 50 meters and they time themselves and uh i just watch them run up the street i'm just before you know i always couple days ago i drove behind them in the car and if they get too close to people i have to beat the horn like get away (laughs) too close that's bizarre that's so that's because because what happens here you know in a see because everyone's going so stir crazy see you you guys are locked down tighter than us we're just basically not supposed to go anywhere we don't need to go but you can go out and exercise so all day long all you see are people out on bikes and walking their dogs and jogging so it's like a, it's like a freaking fitness club around my neighborhood during the day, and and uh, so I, but they know now like they like if they come up to anyone they run around them but it's it's like because they they know the drill but like you know I let them go but like at, I I don't go out like at night I'll go out and walk the dogs but I go at like eleven o'clock at night yeah. and they go why are you why are you walking the dogs at eleven o'clock I'm like because there's nobody out <laughs> it's the yeah. best time yeah you know. I don't have to worry about walk anyone walking by me or walking around me. He's like, like, don't what you know? Why people think that's weird? I'm like, what do I care? 
I, I, I live here. It was like, you know, it's like, you know, it's the best time to go out at night, especially now it's getting warm here too. Thank God. Oh man, you yeah, know, it was. It makes all the difference. The other... it makes all the difference having a bit of decent weather. We've had um, we've had some good weather, but we've also had some bad weather, which has definitely made me appreciate the good weather even more. Yeah, well, we had it. Too. That's that's the thing that made this really worse. The first six weeks, it's really been cold here, and you know the last two weeks has warmed up, and now it's just getting raging hot. Like I went riding the other day. I was, I think it was on Saturday. I was climbing up the side of a mountain. And it was like 93. Right. That's ridiculous. You know, it was like, you know, okay, well, this is going to be a hard one. But it was great. I mean, it, it felt great after, like I said, all these months of like, we've had a really cold spring here. I don't know why, which made the whole thing even more eerie. But uh, no, it's going to get better. So, so is that is, is that how you're occupying your time? Are you, um, are, are you more mountain climber than drummer at the moment? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just, I'm just riding. I'm riding my bike a lot. I am playing quite a bit. So, I mean, I always play, but you know, but I've actually just taken the time to uh, catch up on my cycling and uh, do a bit of that. I mean, I was even. I was going to go. Uh... I'm going to go run. Oh, you're going to go run now. Yeah. Okay. Okay, see, there's the other one going running right now. Yeah, and she's going to be bumping into a load of people. She'll be going at 11 o'clock at night. That'll be my advice. Yeah. (laughs) Avoid avoid the bloke out walking his dog, though. Well, you know, you know, the only problem is when you go at 11 o'clock at night, then you tend to run into a a coyote. Oh, right. Well, that's a that's a a a nice a nice thing to be running into. It's not going to happen around here. Um, no, I don't think you have in London. No. I mean, I've, I've run into coyotes. I mean, I've, I've been out over the last, oh, how long have I been riding? I've been riding since, you know, the early 80s, but it's around here for the last 30 years. I've, I've run into mountain lions twice. Ah, oh, right, okay. Like, run into or run away with, from? Uh, well, no, <laughs> exactly. No, I've seen them. One jumped in front of me once, jumped across the trail, and I just stopped because he kept going. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And because, and, you know, they really don't they don't want to be messed with. They don't want to mess with you. But, you know, if you get it, they're, they're weird. You know, they, they pretty much stay un- undercover, but they definitely exist here. And there's one time. I was actually riding about a mile off the beach in Santa Cruz and going up into the foothills, and this thing jumped next to me, and I just saw the back of it, and it was huge. And I'm like, that couldn't have been a mountain lion. And I saw a park ranger, hence the term mountains, right? Yeah. And I saw a park ranger when I got back in my car, and I go, hey, I saw a mountain lion. Is that possible? He goes, oh, yeah, they always like to come down to the beach. I'm like, Jesus, you have to be kidding me. <laughs> like. <laughs> mountain lion, stay in the mountains. Don't yeah. come down to the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no beach for you. The beach is off off limits. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Give me a break here. <laughs> <laughs> like mountain lions at the beach now. California's gone upside down. So, so potentially with less people around, they they could they could have started coming wandering into town. Absolutely. Yeah, I've seen. I mean, it's, it's like I said. That's I've seen. Uh, Someone said they'd seen a bunch of deer walking around the neighborhood. And I'm like, yeah, because there's no one out. I mean, they're like, you know, they normally avoid people. But if they don't, if they're not seeing people, 
you know, are encountering people, they're going to like look around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So. Well, it's another benefit of um, is another strange benefit of uh, of what's going on at the moment. Um, seeing more um, seeing more um, wildlife and your chances of being attacked by a mountain lion going up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Isn't it great? Yeah. You, know, you go out. You go out to exercise. You go out to exercise because you've been locked up to avoid coronavirus and end up getting your throat ripped out by a mountain lion. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be the like the most bizarre thing? I was staying inside. I went out to get the newspaper, and I got attacked by a mountain lion. Oh, yeah. great! Yeah. You know, oh, God. you know, oh, it's awful. Yeah, I know. But, you, but as you were saying there, you were um, so you are um, you're still you're still playing. But I, I would imagine that um, when you play drums at the moment, there's um. There's there's also there's also a freedom, isn't there? Because there's like there there isn't anything coming up that you have to plan for, but also there isn't kind of you know there's there that's a that's a freedom because there's also nothing there's nothing going on, so you can just play for the sake yeah, of it. Yeah, it, it, I just yeah, I, it's funny. Like I've been playing a lot of different stuff. You know, I've just been going to room by myself and taping some stuff and messing around with some different grooves and just practicing you know some chops stuff. But, you know, because I, I did have something planned later in the year, but, of course, it's canceled now. And I'm like, well, you know, it, I just keep playing. I mean, I've always played no matter what. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting because, like, I don't, like, honestly, you know, I mean, a friend of mine just called me um, yesterday. He wants to uh, do a remake of a Montrose song, or, I'm sorry, a Ronnie Montrose Gamma song. And um, he wanted me to lay down some drum tracks for it. I'm, I'm trying to work the details on that out. So I'll, I'll do that. And that's what kind of I notice musicians are doing right now. They're all going online and filming clips and playing in the rehearsal rooms and, you know, giving them something to do. But as far as getting out in front of people again and playing, I I, I don't know, man. I, I really don't. Yeah, it, yeah. That's the part that kind of freaks me out. I mean, you know, I get it. I, I, I you know... I understand it, but I'm like, God, when are we all going to go back to playing in front of people again? I know it's weird, isn't it? It's it's weird instead yeah. of instead of all being in our houses trying to film stuff. Actually, do you know what? I'm going to send you I'm going to send you a link um, to a video that I, uh, me me and my band just put out. We did a um, we did a cover of a Suzanne Vega song on our album, which is an unusual kind of cover for a thrash band, but. Um, um, she right. she she guested on it. She loves it, and we've just done a lockdown. Really? Yeah, we've yeah, I know it's bizarre, <laughs> isn't it? And we and um, and we've just done a lockdown video version of the song, um, because I saw a band um, who shall remain nameless, Sepultura, uh, and I saw them do um, I saw them do an isolation version of one of their songs, and I, I and I just thought it was a bit depressing because they just all looked like they were trapped at home and a bit. Sort of. Well, they are trapped at home. Well, yeah, but it, like... the song. Well, get this: the song's called "Isolation" as well, and um, and, <laughs> you know, and I just thought, I just thought, wow, if 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 we did that, if Acid Rain did that, it, you know, we we do a. Mu- oh, hang on, I think I've just had an idea, and um, so we just there we've we've done this. We've done this. Everybody's. We've all filmed us titting about at home. Um, and basically, what it's finished up being is it's somewhere between the monkeys and the young ones, um, 
and Suzanne, and Suzanne Vega and Suzanne Vega makes a, a guest appearance from her um, lockdown new location in New York as well. Oh, that's great! I'm gonna. Oh so my I, god, that's I, so bizarre! I, it's absolutely did, did, bizarre. I'm gonna send you the link. Did 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 you reach out to her and go, hey, check check this out? Well, um, when we when we when we initially did the demo um, a couple of years ago, I sent it I sent it to um, to her management, to a Facebook page, all the rest of it. And about two weeks later, I just I'd been doing a comedy show, and I just I just got in and I was sat on the sofa, and I was messaging with a few people, and this message popped up, and I didn't recognise it, and I opened it, and it was from Suzanne Vega's Facebook page, and it was the the woman herself saying. Um, I love this in capital letters with a hearts for eyes emoji. So um, I was like, oh, my God. So she was like, look, you know, how can I share this? Can you send me it? Here's my email address. And I've just been kind of emailing with her for about the last couple of years. You know, would you would you mind guesting on the song if we, you know, when it's, when we do the album? Yeah, I'd love to. And she did that. And then I was sent, sent her a message and said, look, we're going to make a stupid video. Um, <laughs> would you record, you know, a, a, a guest appearance and she emailed me back within half an hour and said yeah you know what do you need so um oh that's great it's it's bizarre because i mean she's like one of my all-time favorite artists you know like like you that's were saying brilliant. like you were saying earlier you know yeah just because i'm in the thrash band doesn't mean that i can't appreciate suzanne vega you know and um uh so yeah not only to so to to have her on the song and in the video and to even know that the band exists is is amazing but the fact that she's she's really into it and she's you know got on board with it is is just incredible really yeah that is very cool god i wish i could come up with an idea like that (laughs) (laughs) completely bizarre i'm gonna i'm gonna send you a link i promise you um but um I know, well, we're a thrash band. You've you've played thrash metal as well. You were you were for, for a good few years as well um, in in Megadeth. Um, do you look back on those times with um, uh, with fondness? Um. Yeah. I mean, not all of them, but yeah. I mean, it was fun. It was fun. Then it was times when it wasn't fun, but it was fun. I mean, you know, it's like anything else. I mean, you know, it's like bands are. You know, that band, you know, always had drama, you know, before me and after me, and that's just the way it is. And uh, a lot of it was fun. A lot of it was hard work. I mean, you know, we all, that's the one thing. band had a great work ethic. We we just, we worked, you know. You know, when we always worked really hard and, you know, we always put our best foot forward and we were always pros about it, you know. But the band was really good. The band was, you know, at the very end, uh, I mean, I thought the band was great if you've ever seen that Rude Awakening uh, concert, um, you know, but, uh, you know, then Dave had a bunch of problems and he quit the band and then that was the end of it. And then we all moved on. <laughs> well, I, I, and I guess that's, that's what happens in any band, isn't it? Yeah, it happens sometimes. I mean, you know, they, I mean, every band has like a shelf life, you know, it's really rare. You can keep four or five people on the same sort of path for years and years and years, let alone even get along, you know, it's like being married to four other people, you know, and, you know, yeah. it's, it could be, you know, some bands do it just fine. Some bands, you know, just can't hold it together. And it's, you know, it's just, it's just life. It's just the way it is, you know, just, it's, yeah, but mean, to, to be honest, you know, if, you, people, if anybody knows any, anything about the history of Megadeth, you know, that it's amazing that, that, that they were, they were still alive by the time you joined the band. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, when I joined the band, the band was kind of a mess. Right, you know, okay. Because they oh, were God, having yeah. all sorts of problems. And and then, it, you know, and then it kind of came all together and together, and, you know, we did a couple good records and did some good tours, and then, you know, and then it just started to unravel, and, you know, it's, you know, it's sad, but like I said, I mean, I look back on it now, I go, that's, yes, that's, it was, yeah, it was, it was always a band that was sort of on the edge of blowing up. Right, you know? right, but yeah. But like I said, the years, the years I was in it, it, it was, it was pretty, you know, pretty stable for the most part, but there was always sort of a, you know, there was sort of like a, a volatility to it, you know, you could just feel it, you know, and it, it, it's, you knew it was just going to end at some point, but, you know, at the same time, you know, we kept playing good, we kept playing some good shows for the most part, and, uh, did some good records and you know and then you know I, and I and then you know it was i was bummed when the whole thing blew up but then you know at the same time i'm like all right time to move on i mean it's just time yeah and i guess i guess you kind of you you develop that kind of um that sort of pragmatic um attitude that must kind of just build up over time as well because that pretty much is the process with with anything isn't it you might be there for one tour you might be there for two albums um but when it yeah. when things change and it's time to go then it's time to look for the next project well i mean you know and after and after it stopped it was actually kind of a relief because honestly at that point i had toured non-stop i remember from 90 it, i had to be like 10 years it was 10 years in a row i was on the road six to eight months a year at least. Right. right. Yeah. So when it stopped, I'm like, fine, good. <laughs> like, yeah. Thank you. And, and, and it's funny. I'm like, oh, and I was like, part of me was relieved. Like, I'm going to stay home for a while. And, you know, over the next couple of months, I got calls from other bands, like, you know, and I, I won't say who. And like, hey, uh, you know, we're looking for a drummer. Hey, and I'm like, ah, uh, no, I'm out. And they're like, hey, do you want to do this tour? I'm like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, they're like, you know. And our manager called me, and he goes, "Hey, so and so called me today. They want to know if you want to come down and play with them." I'm like, "No, nah, I don't think so." And he goes, "Well, what do you want me to tell him?" I'm like, "Tell him no. I don't know. What's so hard to understand?" He's like, "You want me to tell him no?" I'm like, "Yeah, tell him no. I'm done. I'm tired. I want to take. I need a break." And and I didn't do anything for a couple of years. I just was like, you know, just bored with it you know i did it for so long i'm like i don't do some other things and i remember a couple years later we were having a birthday party for the kids on a friday night and um the home phone rang and you know i never even answered the home phone i didn't even know we had one but and i answered the phone it's like 6 30 on a friday night and it's this guy and he's like hey i'm looking for jimmy I'm like speaking, and he goes into this long dissertation. Hey, my name is so and so. I'm a manager. I'm like, okay. And um, he goes, um, I uh, manage David Lee Roth. I'm like, okay. And he goes, listen, we have a we have a one off gig in Vegas. It's a corporate event, and we need a drummer. Can you do it? And I'm looking around. I'm like, yeah, I think I'll do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? And he goes, so, so I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking around at this kid's birthday party. I get kids screaming everywhere. I'm like, all right, maybe I should go play a gig. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, 
He goes, all right, so it's, uh, it's in like 10 days. And I go, okay. And he goes, how many days or weeks do you need to rehearse? And I go, read me the set list. So he reads me the set list. And it's basically the first five Van Halen records with two or three of Dave's solo singles, right? Yeah. And I go, he goes, how long? So what do, you, what do you need, five, six days? I'm like, for what? He's like, to rehearse. I'm like, I need a day. And he's like, you need a day. I said, yeah, I don't need a day. I'm like, I grew up in the 70s and 80s. If you don't know the first five Van Halen records, you're a moron. <laughs> and he's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. And he's like, all right, cool. So we went down to Thunder. We rehearsed for a day in L.A. Then we flew into Vegas and... And uh, Dave walked in the dressing room like 15 minutes before we played. And he's like, hey, you must be Jimmy, the new drummer. <laughs> I'm like, I'll be your drummer for the night, Dave. <laughs> he's like, well, 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 Jim, oh, pour yourself a cocktail there. I'm like, all right, Dave. <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And, and, and just and, think, you and know. So, and... but... Go on. He, we were rehearsed in L.A. only for like a day, and the guitar player called Dave and goes, hey, you coming to rehearsal? And he's like, no, I heard that new drummer's pretty good. I don't need to come down. He's like, okay, just checking in. <laughs> so I never Brilliant. even met the guy before. So that's so that, awesome. that, that, that was fun. But that, that's great as well, because that kind of fell into your lap because of the two things that you said no to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just like literally hanging around the house and called out the blue. Then I wound up, <clears throat> then I wound up staying with him. I played with him for about, I think it was like two years right before we went back to Van Halen. So then I did that for a while. Oh, cool. So, so were you playing to, I'm, I'm a massive fan of his first solo record. So uh, we, we, yeah, we, that we first played. Record is great. Oh man, that's the best Van Halen album they never made. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, isn't that funny? Yeah, no, that was a, that was a great tour. I saw that tour a couple times too because Greg's a, a, the business a friend of mine. I went to see him play, and they they were really good. Oh, that was that was man. a good band. That was a, that was a great record. It was it was amazing back then how quick he put that to, together. Like, oh okay, god, yeah, it, it was it was I, amazing. I, it's like I quit Van Halen. I hired a band. I wrote a record. Did like a bunch of videos, and they did it all in like less than a year. You know, it's just insane. There's, yeah, um, I mean, there's no way. Well, especially when you're leaving this huge, um, uh, you're leaving this huge band, this huge comfort blanket that you've been hiding under all these years, and uh, and it turns out, no, not at all. You know, Dave comes out firing, and what a, and what a lineup. I mean, that first album, yeah, you know, the in, some of the interplay between Billy Sheehan and Steve Vai is just fucking stupid. I mean, it's yeah, just no, so, it really good. it's amazing. And, and, you know, and, and they, there was some serious shredding on that record for sure. And um, I, if you forgive me, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to plug my laptop in because it's running out of, uh, it's running out of battery. Uh, but, no, um, I'm sorry. Uh, cool. Thanks. Um, right. Me there. And you're probably thinking, oh, well, he'll edit all that out in the final interview. <laughs> 
no, you're joking, aren't you? Uh, that's what uh, that's that's what everyone tunes in for, listening to me listening to me plug in my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> um. So um. Yeah. I mean, that that's amazing. So where would you? I mean, that's what nine? No, no, it's not in the nineties, is it? That's what eighty six was. No, it? that 87? was eighty seven. Eighty six. Eighty six. Wow. Yeah. Ah oh, well, back. I yep. mean, uh, that was yeah. That was that was um. That I mean, that I was I was absolutely, completely, and totally absorbed in my world of thrash metal, and yeah. and and that album still managed to poke its way through. You know, yeah. Uh, it's just yeah. yeah. It's just incredible for the time, and what an achievement as well. But um, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, so uh, I, I, that's amazing that you got a player to, to 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 play with him as well. So what did those couple of years end up being? Was it just you know private events, or was there, was there any kind of like sort of club tours? No, it was pretty much a lot of <clears throat> a lot of um, we would go out, and it was it was really a perfect scenario for me because, like I said, I don't really want to disappear for eight months. We would go out for about maybe two weeks at a time, and we would do you know, like amphitheaters. And it's like, it was everything. It was like, we would do private event. Then we do like an amphitheater and then we do like a theater and then we do like a huge club and then we do an amphitheater. It was just like everything. <laughs> it was just like, wow, this is like, you know, we're playing big places. We're playing small places. We're playing private places. And, uh, and then we come home for like a week or two weeks and we go back out again. And that's why I said it was perfect. Oh, it's like, you go out, yeah. you know, you, then you come home and you go back out, and it's like, so you don't go out for like five, six, seven weeks and get burned out. You go out for two, ten days, come home, recharge, go back out. And that's what we did for years. It was, it was fun. You know, it was great. It was a good time. We got to play a lot of good songs. It was, it was totally killer. Yeah, well, man, that, that sounds perfect. And, and, and to go from, a, and to, to make a, an extreme left turn in the conversation, but I've got to ask this because... I'm fascinated by how Jimmy DeGrasso ends up hooking up with suicidal tendencies. Oh, that Just... was that was oh, that was even more bizarre. <laughs> okay, so I was playing on a record for this uh, singer Fiona, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I was down in LA. I was doing this record. And the producer, this guy named Mark Tanner, he had friends over at Epic Sony. And I was just doing drum tracks. We just finished a record, and I was hanging out. And he gave, and their A&R guy, oh, this is even, oh, this is, this story is even more bizarre. Hold on. So he gave, their A&R guy called Mark Tanner's producer, goes, hey, suicidal needs a drummer. Do you know anybody? And he gave him my name, Right. And now he didn't tell me this. So I go home a couple days later. I'm sitting at my house in San Jose, and I get a call. Now, this is a true story. I'm not making this up. I get a call. Someone from HK Management. Hey, from HK Management, we represent uh, the cult. They need a drummer. And I sort of laughed. I'm like, when don't you guys need a drummer? Because <laughs> this is when they were changing drummer. They were changing drummers every six months. Yeah. And I go, well, I go, would you want to come down and play? I go, yeah, sure. When do you want to do it? They go like, 
How about Monday? I'm like, all right, cool. I'll see you Monday at 3 o'clock. Okay, perfect. Bye. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll go back to L.A. for the day. An hour later, the phone rings again. And this is before cell phones. And so I'm on the landline. And the phone rings again. And goes, this guy goes, hey, I'm looking for Jimmy DeGrasso. I'm like, that's me. He goes, my, my name's Robert Trujillo. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Robert. I'm like, what's up? He goes, hey, we're looking for a drummer. Want to come down and play? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, I'm like, okay. So I go, I go um, I'll go. i be in L.A. on Monday. He goes, all right, why don't you come down around like 1 o'clock? I'm like, perfect. So I'm like, well, oh, okay. This is getting to be a bit busy day. Hang up the phone. So I'm like, all right, I know I got to I gotta learn he sent me their CD, The Art of Rebellion. It wasn't even out yet, so I had to learn that before it was even released. So he, he, he FedExed it to me, I think, or the management did. So then I'm, an hour later, the phone rings again, and I'm not making this up. Hey, this is so-and-so from H&R Management. I'm like, hey, how are you? And, um, hey, listen, we represent Olivia Newton-John. She needs a drummer. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay. I swear to God. I go, what is it for? And she's like, and this is when back, like I said, this is like 92, 93. She goes, Olivia is going to do a residency in Vegas for like three months. So it's basically you're in Vegas for four days. We can fly you home. You're in Vegas for four days, fly you home. It's like a couple months. And I go, he's like, like, are you going to be in LA anytime soon? I go, I'll be in LA Monday. It's like, why don't you come down and play? I'm like, okay. (laughs) So, So I swear, so I'm like, so I was in L.A. and I went down, I played, I think, Suicidal first. Then I drove over to another studio, then I played with the Colt. And then I drove to another studio down in Santa Monica and I played with Olivia Newton-John's band. All in the same day? Yeah. That's insane. But the the amount of material I had to learn in like four days was just like ridiculous. Like like I'm listening to like Olivia Newton-John's greatest hits on a CD. Then I got... Then I got the Art of Rebellion record on a CD. Then I'm listening to, like, I think I had the Colts' greatest hits or whatever it was. I don't know. I was listening to Sonic Temple and Electric. And uh, so I went down, played with the Colt, drove over, played with Sue Silent, went and played with her band. And then uh, I'm like, all right, cool. And then a couple days later, I got a call from Olivia's manager saying, hey, listen, thanks for coming down, but our whole year is canceled because she just came down she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, so God. he's canceling the entire year. But uh, So I'm like, oh, man, send my regards. And it, it was really kind of cool because, honestly, when stuff like this goes down, managers never call call you back. They yeah. just don't care. And she called and said, listen, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming down. We're keeping your number in our Rolodex, so on and so forth. I'm like, great, no problem. You're welcome. And then about an hour later, Robert called and he goes, hey, you want to join the band? And I said, yeah. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and and that is how you became a member of Suicidal Tendencies? Yep. Wow. It's that simple. What a day. I, mean, I really, I actually really, I really like the Art of Rebellion record. And then I started digging into their old catalog. And I, I really liked that band. I thought that band was great. And so... You know, it's funny, you know, when you say, you know, Megadeth was thrash. I actually thought Suicidal was more thrash than Megadeth. Oh, agree. yeah, yeah. You know? I, I, no, I, I agree, because, well, Su- Suicidal's got the the hardcore edge. Yes, absolutely. 
And so, yeah, I did that for like, what, four years, something like that. And then, you know, that was fun. We, that, was, that was a great time. I mean, we were back in the day, we were touring with Guns N' Roses, Roses and Metallica at the same time. And we were playing stadiums all over Europe. And what we had, we had two trucks driving around Europe with two different back lines. So we had all our gear, you know, we had two sets of everything. Like, it, it was like zigzagging. So, like, on a Monday, we'd play with Metallica. On Tuesday, we'd play with Guns. On Thursday, we'd play with Metallica. Saturday, Metallica. Sunday, Guns. Tuesday, Guns. <laughs> that's what it was, like, all summer long. Wow. That's just, that's it was, phenomenal. It was, ins- yeah, it was insane. It was great. Yeah, it's you too know. right. That's a, that's a great way to spend yeah. the summer. Um, well, look, Jimmy, um, uh, what I want to do is just put a pause on everything there because I have now got some uh, fan questions for you. Um, would you uh, would you uh, have a, a few minutes um, extra for these? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Brilliant. OK. And that is where um, Jimmy and I um parted uh, well not quite obviously i did the um i did the patreon questions and so as i mentioned earlier about patreon um if you'd like to sign up you know you get you get to ask your questions of legends like jimmy degrasso now we got on really well he spent some more time he's so generous with his time um i emailed him and said look do you fancy doing um uh you know are you into movies he was like yeah i was like hey, do you want to come and do the movie podcast he's like yeah sounds cool so we did um, uh, an interview for the movie podcast. Now, the thing is, basically, um, we kind of tried to talk about movies, but I think we pretty much failed, and we kept just going all over the map. And, just, and, and basically, I just thought, you know what? For for out and out mo- for out like kind of movie fans, I, I I couldn't really drop that episode because there's not really much about movies in it. There is, and you'll see, you'll be able to spot me desperately trying to haul the conversation over towards movies and failing and you'll also spot that i give up after about half an hour but anyway it doesn't matter because i really like uh, i really like jimmy he's a, such a cool guy we've we seem to have hit it off and 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 built a rapport very quickly um as you heard in that first half so this is kind of two podcasts in one. It's two interviews in one. Um, that first interview, there's been about three weeks past. And then here comes the second interview, which was supposed to be for Movie Bollocks, but I'm doing it here because uh, we just can't seem to talk about movies. So, uh, yeah, don't expect the sting or anything up. Let's uh, let's just roll straight into part two. How's it going over there? <laughs> um Oh uh, yeah, you know, not uh, a little better since last time. What about you? Are you still are you still cycling down the uh, down the middle of freeways? Yeah, not as much. Not 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 as much. But yes, you know, there's uh, it's gotten a little bit busy here like the last couple of days because they've somewhat opened up Northern California a little bit. So you know, we'll see what ha- happens, but. Uh, Still getting a lot, lot of riding in. Are you allowed out more than an hour a day right now? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, we've been allowed out. Um, we've been allowed out um, pretty much as much as we like. We're allowed to meet um, people from other households, but must still social distance and no more than five people. Um, right. So uh, you know, I, I don't know how they figure this out. I mean, everyone seems to be making it up as they go along for 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 each part of the of the world. So. Um, you know, it's it, it's all still very weird. 
No, I, I, I totally think they're ma- making it up. <laughs> I don't think they had any idea. But, yeah. you know, people have been inside for like two and a half months or three months, whatever it is now. It's just like how long can people mentally and socially and psychologically keep doing it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, the thing is, it's it, it's kind of like you have to weigh it up, don't you? I mean, I was saying someone, it, it, every country has got the lockdown that its government thinks that its people will put up with. You know, yeah. it's like, for instance, right. in, in Spain, uh, my cousin is allowed out one hour a day. And if mm-hmm. you're outside of your house other than your allotted hour, it's a 600 euro fine on the spot. <laughs> So how do they enforce that? Is there somebody following you around well, like a like a secret service agent with like a timer? Uh, yeah, yeah, a, t- a timer and a clipboard and a, and a, and a contactless payment machine. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't I don't well, I don't get it, you know? I don't, I I just don't but and I mean Cyprus was even even more amazing where a friend of mine's father was living um in the, in the height of it, they um, you had to text the government. They would text you back a code. That code was valid for 30 minutes. Your only reason to be out would be um, essential visit to a family member to see if they're all right, essential medication, essential exercise, and essential food. And if you are if you're stopped by the police in that ha- in that half an hour, if you're well, basically, if your code is incorrect or um, out of date, you know, and it's expired, you'll find right. 900 euros on the spot. See, that's why I can't afford to live in Europe. <laughs> oh, man. But, well, no, I have a better story. Okay, you want to hear about ridiculous things? Because this is, this is, this is be beyond ridiculous. So I go, a couple of years ago, I'm going up to Tahoe for the weekend, Lake, Lake Tahoe. It's about three, yeah. four hours north of, or east of me. And I'm going up there to mountain bike ride and for the week- weekend, and I call a buddy of mine, and he's sort of like a grumpy old man. He's like, nah, I don't want to go. I'm like, why not? He's like, I don't know. I don't feel like it. I'm like, how could you not want to go to Tahoe mountain bike for the weekend? It's gorgeous. There's great trails, and you get away from home. He's like, nah, I don't want to go. All right, cool. So I go up there, I go up late on the Friday night, and I'm coming down into Tahoe Basin on the highway. Now, the speed limit's 70, and I go up there, like, every week. So I know where all the police hide. And I'm coming down the hill, and I was messing with my iPhone, and there you go, there's a cop sitting right there, right, be- right before my exit. So I get off the exit, he gets in behind me, he doesn't even turn his lights on, I know he's pulling me over. And... Pulls in behind me at the gas station. I, like he said, never put his lights on. Pulls up next to me. I go, hey, what's up? He's <laughs> like, uh, going a little faster. I'm like, you know, I wasn't paying att- attention. So he goes, all right, hold on. And so he goes, you know how fast you were doing? I'm like, I don't know, 70? He's like, no. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, was, it was way over that. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> like, Way, way over that. I'm like, I just wasn't paying attention. So I go, sorry, man. But he goes, thanks for not giving me some bull- bullshit story. <laughs> I'm like, I, I swear to God, if you're, you say I was, I probably was. So he goes, he, I wrote you up for like a lesser fraction of speed 
go to traffic school online. It takes like 20 minutes. The whole ticket's like $100. Like, all right, thanks, man. Appreciate that. The next day, my friend goes mountain biking near where we live in this trail up in the middle of nowhere in the mountains. He's going down the trail. He hasn't seen anybody in like 45 minutes. He's coming around the turn, and there's a ranger hiding on an ATV hidden in the side of the woods with a radar gun. Wow. Okay. Okay. So keep in mind, he said, you have to get off your bike right now. And he goes, yeah, sure. He's like, like, what's the problem? You're, You're speeding. Like I was? Like I'm going downhill on a mountain bike in the middle of nowhere and there's no one out. He goes, I have to give you a ticket. I'm like, and he's like, wait a minute. Bikes don't have speedometers. Like, how do you even know what you're doing? Yeah. So, so he goes, well, how fast was I going? And he goes, you were going like 21 miles an hour. He's like, wow, well, that sounds like I was having fun then. What's the speed limit? He goes, 15. So, wait a minute. <laughs> you're, you're giving me a ticket for going 21 miles an hour on a bicycle in the middle of nowhere in the woods. You have an ATV, like, a SWAT suit and a radar gun for this. Yes, that's correct. So Mike, so, so let's, now this is how weird the whole thing is. So I come back a couple days later, I go, how was your weekend? He's like, I got a ticket for mountain biking. I was going 21 miles an hour. And I said, I got a speeding ticket in my car. He goes, how fast were you going? I'm like, 98, not 99. <laughs> 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 I'm like, and he goes, so he goes, I go, how much is your ticket? I'm like, yeah, you know, he wrote me a for less. So my ticket's like a hundred some dollars. And I go, how much is your ticket for going mountain biking 21 miles an hour? He goes, $440. What? Yep. Christ. And I told him, see, that's why you should go with me mountain biking. <laughs> yeah, clearly. It's, it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> uh, yeah, by the sounds of it. Good God, that's horrendous. Fucking hell! Well, um, it sounds. Do you know what? It sounds like it sounds like um, uh, something that would happen in a uh, in a movie. Do you know what I mean? It sounds genuinely sounds like like you know just a a comedy device or something. That's ridiculous. I know it's funny. I was like, it's it's just it's funny. It's like the weird stuffing parts of the United States and California is like things like that where it's like it's only a hundred bucks to speed in your car but it's like four hundred dollars to speed on your bicycle okay <laughs> cool well, whatever oh god well um it's look it's always a pleasure and thanks for coming on um and doing this um sure um so I kind of like a real kind of basic sort of starting point um when you when you when you kind of like look back, uh, where when when did your sort of love of movies begin? When did it sort of you know when did you become aware that there was these things called movies and you were really loving them? Man, it had to be back when I was a little kid because back then my my parents they used to have drive a uh, drive ups here drive throughs whatever you call them you know drive up movie theaters and I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever had those in the UK. It's basically a huge parking lot. With a huge screen. Uh, well, and I believe they're becoming very popular again because a friend of mine who lives in Texas is sat in one watching a movie right now. 
Yeah, and that's and that was very popular in the '60s. Uh, I mean, actually, the '50s and the '60s. It sort of died off in the '80s, and um, so back then, you know, and my parents would go every couple of weeks, and then I just remember, you know, watching movies as a kid, you know, and then I think my parents took me to see the the first two, two Godfather movies, you know, which were obviously American classics. Wow, cool parents. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but, you know, even after that, it was like a thing where before we had all these streaming services, you know, from between touring and stuff, you know, just for a release on day off, I always used to go just try to find a good movie, you know, just to not sit in your hotel room and just stare at the ceilings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've done I've done that a lot with um, (laughs) with with stand up um often it's like you know you you're on your own there's no there's you're not even socializing with anyone um so it's a great way of just like burning through some time during the day and and just taking your mind out of things and just getting a bit of kind of headspace yeah i mean when i used to tour with alice cooper we used to go every night off you know we would just find anything and some of them weren't so good believe me but you know like if we'd be in russia on a tuesday night you know, we would look, you know, like we find in them an English movie, you know, and he, just so we don't sit in our hotel rooms or wind up going to, to the bar all night. And so we doing it for years. Yeah. And, and presumably, like, no matter what the English movie is, you're going to go and see that. No, absolutely. I mean, I remember I remember one year, like there was so nothing playing. I think I don't know what band I was in. A bunch of us went to go see like the remake of the Flintstones which was probably the worst movie made in his history. Oh, was that... Weird? Uh, uh, all of a sudden, I've got a picture in my mind of John Goodman and Rick Moranis. Yes. As Fred yes. and Barney. Oh, it was just... It was just... It was like... It was It was so bad. It was almost like, I wish they should pay you not to come to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing that it's like, it's, it's almost offensive. It's that bad. No, it was awful, but that's really when it started. And then, you know, over the years with all the touring and stuff, we always had like in the early days, we've always had VHS tapes on the bus and it turned to DVDs and then it just turned to like satellite dish and streaming. And so, you know, I've always done it, you know, it's just like as opposed to just sitting around and doing not, nothing. So that's a really good, that's a really good point as well is that, um, um, uh, traveling on buses that's a really good way of, of eating through time as well is, is watching movies um, well that's what you would do when you would like when you would get your new bus on the first day of the, the, the tour before we had satellite and streaming the first thing you would do you'd run the bus and look at see what uh, DVDs they, they had <laughs> you know like okay what kind of movies do, do we have yeah, well, we've, I've, I've, well, I've been in, I've, I've been in, uh, been in a band where we had, uh, had members, you know, bring, bring their own selections with them. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the last couple of buses, just, I mean, you know, now it's just all hard drives. So the bus companies, they just basically un- upload like every movie like they possibly can, so you get yeah. on there, and it's like there could be like two or three thousand movies, you know, and they start going through them and. You know, some of them are crap, but, you know, you can always find something decent. Like I said, it kills the time, especially, like, after the show, you have to get off the bus and drive for six hours. You're not going to go right to bed, so you always find a movie to throw on. 
Yeah, and and um, I mean, I, 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 are you a big? Are you a fan of the big franchises? I mean, Star Wars would have been kind of like you know, right? Well, it it it, it, swe- it swept the world, didn't it? It changed cinema. Um, yeah, and that's created the the franchise, and that, and now it's just kind of like insane. But um, are you are you a fan of any of the uh, the major franchises? Yeah, no. Well, I mean, I grew up in the seventies. I saw the first two, right, and then it kind of, you know obviously it went dead for like twenty years, and then they started making them again. I think in ninety seven or ninety eight or ninety nine, and I saw those. I mean, I still think the first two were the best, but, you know, now, you know, they come out every couple of years and my kids always want to go see them. So I wind up taking them and, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty good. Like, I still think, you know, I'm old school. The earlier ones I think are be- better, but, but the new ones are, are, are de- definitely pr- pretty good without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it depends what kind of lights your fire really, doesn't it? Because ultimately, uh, you're just seeing, you know, you're seeing bigger and bigger movies getting getting the green light, and these massive movies need to be merchandised, you know, and because yeah. that that is yeah. ultimately movie companies are no different from record companies. They, you know, what they're you know what they've seen is, hang on, we know where the money really is in it with these, you know, with these movies, and that's merchandising. No, without a doubt, because you know, it's obviously. You know, the one thing they were saying over here, the one industry that's really going to suffer or has already been suffering is movie theaters because they've been closed for months. And I know theaters already don't make that much money because, you know, the, the push time is so short because, honestly, if something comes out in, like, it comes out in, say, January 1st, by March 1st, you could buy it online and by, like, April 1st, you could see it free on a plane. You know, it's really, it's like a really a quick money grab. You know what I mean? You really have to hit really fast and really hot as far as the marketing and stuff. Yeah. And, and the thing is as well, is that you've got to, you've got to put the, you've got to put all of the merchandise out at the right time as well. You know, so you want to be, you know, depending on your, your, uh, demographic for who you're hitting, you know, if it's kids, you want your, your you know, you want your your film coming around out around the holidays, you know, or if it's around Christmas, wh- whatever it is, and and again, that that's that is again, it's like lining up the the release of an album or lining up dates yeah. for a tour. It's it's all about trying to capitalize on it and you know get get hit as many eyeballs as possible, basically. Yeah, exactly right. You know, and that's and that's what it's funny. Like something something like. Something that came out January 1st, like, I don't know how it works there. You know, if you go to the movies, I I don't know movies here right now, like $20 to go to a movie. And then, like I said, two months later on your internet provider, you can rent it for $25. Yeah. And then about, you know, about six, and then, like, then it's just starting to hit the airlines. Of course, not now, because the airlines are pretty dead right now. And then about... Six weeks later, you could rent it for like like five dollars. Or we have this thing here. I don't know if you have. It's called Red Redbox. Yes, yeah, yeah. We have that as well that you can pay for. Yeah. Or you could just go rent the DVD for the night. It's like two two dollars. You know. So I mean, and then and then a month after that, it's just free online. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. Really, like you can see how fast it happens. Where I remember, you know, like. 
you know, I don't know, we're probably about the same age, when a movie was hot, like, it would stay in the theaters for, like, six months. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, and also, it, you know, it had come to TV, like, three three or five years later down the line. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But but again, it's it's a it you know the the movie industry like the music industry is is having to change. Um, but again, uh, you know, you look at the movie industry and you think, well, look, you've got you've got Disney Plus. You know, they've got their own channel, HBO, and all the and right. and and they are they're all striking out on their own uh, on their own platforms. You know, with their own content. And trying to create, you know, and trying to digitally reach their audiences, and then and then you look at the music business and you think, yeah, after all these years that that you know, the digital started affecting music, there's still not one single uh, record company with a platform. No, no, they're they're utterly clueless. Yes, that's that's why there's that's no, they are. There's they're utterly clueless. The, The music industry is is such a state of disrepair as far as new music. I mean, you know, I live, it's I, like, I, I kind of laugh about it now. It's like, like I'll turn on the radio sometimes and drive around in, in my truck. And I live in a really densely populated area and rock radio doesn't play anything made after 1991. Yeah. I've heard about this. There's, there's no, I mean, it's literally, I crack up, because I don't know how many times a day I have to hear Black Dog, Back in Black, Enter Sandman, <laughs> Sad But True, I Want You to Want Me, uh, some Tom Petty song that I'm sure, like, I fell asleep to, and, you know, it, it's, it's, like, it's, it's the same, it's literally like a 30-song rotation, and there's nothing after the Metallica Black album. <laughs> yeah, like, and that's like twenty nine years ago. Well, I, it's funny. I have I've been hearing this from a lot of from a lot of friends in the states that that uh, that music doesn't represent, you know, or at least radio doesn't represent um, uh, rock at all, and it's just like you know, basically. Well, as you've just said, it, it's, it sounds like just a, a, a library of dinosaur hits. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's good for these particular bands because <clears throat> because of certain regions of the country, because that's what they're spoon-fed every day, because a lot of people still drive in cars, and, you know, they might listen to Sirius or whatever, and you know, but they still listen to radio, and they hear the same stuff all over. They grew up with it, and, you know, the music scene here, as far as touring, is strictly n- n- nostalgic, and there's nothing wrong with that, because pe- people enjoy it, but... I'm just saying, like you know, you're not, you're not going to hear Rival Sons over here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you know, that's no, that's funny. I should not say that because when I go to Lake Tahoe and I go hang there for a couple of days, they have a station coming out of Reno. I don't, I think it's their local radio, and I'll I'll hear stuff like that. They'll play Rival Sons or some other right. stuff that I'm familiar with only because like I go to Europe, and I'm yeah. like, wow, that's really cool. They're not playing. Metallica Black album. Jeez, thanks. <laughs> um, have you ever um, have you ever um, uh, been on a soundtrack? And have you and and have you and and I mean, obviously, with a project, you know, or a band that you've been in, and and alternatively, have you ever actually sort of worked specifically on a soundtrack? Mm, <clears throat> no, I think 
I did some songs. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm really hoarse today. I did some a couple songs years ago. I think I was with Megadeth. We did a couple theme songs for some video games, and I don't. And it was while we were doing a record, and they had rough ideas of songs, and then we worked with them, and then we recorded them. I don't know if they were ever used or not, right. but I've also from a couple of bands I've been friend of mine used to do extreme snowboard movies up in Tahoe and it was these things where these guys would drop out of helicopters on snowboards in the backcountry and like snowboard like 10 miles down to like the lake and they, they needed music and I, I gave them music from certain bands I think it was oh, might have been suicidal I'm not sure but I've done things like that but never really did like a whole sound score or anything like that no and is is that something that would interest you at all? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah sorry. I mean, I, anything anything I, new? Anything new is like for example, like I did a session a couple week, weeks ago. I think after I spoke to you, and a couple guys and some other bands called me about doing a remake of a Montrose song, which was actually a Gamma song. I don't know if you're familiar with with that at all. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Ronnie Montrose, he was like, uh, he had Montrose and then F with Sammy Hagar, and then after that, he was just had this band Gamma, and then then he joined Van Halen a couple, couple years later. But anyway, they were a big regional band around here. They toured the country a lot. Anyway, they called me to do this song to put out and just stream it for fun, and I had to go lay a track in the studio. So I called a studio friend of mine who's got a place here, and um, and this was about I probably about. A couple weeks ago, when still we were in lockdown, I'm like, hey, I got to record a drum track. Can you do it? Do you feel comfortable doing it? And he's like, yeah, come over. We'll both wear masks. I'm like, great. So I went over there. And the song is long. It was like nine minutes long. And uh, um, it's with the guy from Machine Head and the singer from Last in Line, Andrew. And I forget who played bass on it. So I went and they had drum set up. I didn't have to take anything. I walked in with a pair of sticks. He already wiped down the studio. I went in there, played for nine minutes with an N95 mask on. <laughs> wow. Which is like, which is like, and I'm like, and he took a photo and I'm laughing at it because I'm just like, he's like, what, you've never done a session in an N95 mask? I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, and like, I'm like, oh my God, how do people wear these things all day? I, well, we, we've got to. Um, uh, the law changed as of today. We've now we've got to wear that. If you're on public transport, you've got to wear them. Um, no, absolutely. Oh, I, I honestly, that would be. I don't know, man. I, that, that's. I don't think I. I'd be going in the tube just, just yet. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not uh, rushing. To, I'm not rushing into central London on the tube, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like. Yeah. Because I'm already claustrophobic. I don't like that when everything is fine. So going in there, wearing a mask for like 20 minutes, half hour, I'm just like, ugh. Oh, man, I, used to, I, worked, a... I, I worked in central London for a bit, I mean, just off Oxford Street. And then so I'd commute, right. I'd commute every day. And um, some of the conditions, you know, I mean, literally there's, you know, you wouldn't treat animals like that in the temperatures in the summer day and there's no air con and people just crammed into trains and yeah i mean but again there's not going to be there's there is also not going to be the people around because tourism is is completely fucked 
Um, uh, my sister runs a business in Australia and um, she's just got through the um, uh, all of the directives from the government for her to be able to reopen. Right. And right. she had a, she they do bus tours um, near the Barrier Reef. And her buses, nice. her buses hold, yeah, really nice. Her buses hold like twenty four passengers, and right. the maximum amount of passengers she's allowed is six. She's allowed two at the front, two at the back. Sorry, two at the front, two in the middle, two at the back, and uh, and then after the tour, she has to disinfect the whole bus and then start again. So, needless well, to say, that business is now I, unsustainable. I, yeah, right. Yeah, I. You know, that's a safe way to do it. it. You know, well, listen, it's like I was just reading a story last night. A writer over here in the United States went on a couple East Coast flights the other day. And, you know, he said one airline was really stringent about everyone's space. When you get off the plane, um, you get off one row at a time. There's none of this mass running off the plane. And people were cool with it. Now there's this other airline that just, it was the wild, wild west. They have people sitting next to each other, you know, this, that, the other thing. You know, people were taking off their masks. So, wow. you know, well, it's, I, very, it's how these, you know. It's very, it's very serious over here. I've got a friend, I was, I was um, on a Zoom call with a friend of mine in Switzerland and a friend in Germany um, yep. and another friend in Belgium. And they were all saying that they, they all fly um, quite a lot for their jobs and they're still flying but they basically said that um everybody's spaced out and um Good. and and the bigger and also if they sell a lot of tickets for a plane they just get a bigger plane he said so he was actually he was on the 747 okay. he was on the 747 and it was half full but as he said the, the right. thing the, the, the knock-on effect is there's going to be less airlines flights are going to be more expensive and that is yep. going to have that's going to have an impact on uh, on everyone's lives. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I haven't been on a flight in quite a while because I haven't been touring, so you know, so I haven't really needed to. But yeah, I'm not. I, honestly, I'm not in a big rush to jump on a plane right now. I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I live in the mountains now, and I have, you know, and I spend a lot of time in like quieter areas, and I just, you know, I just, uh, yeah, <laughs> I just, like I don't. That's why you're saying go on a tube. I'm like, man, that's the last place I would go right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm not going to be doing that. But uh, it, it's like, it's like we're in our own disaster movie at the moment, really. Yes, absolutely. Um, I totally agree with that. That's what. It's, well, you know, I don't know what you have over there because, and then about two weeks ago, then we have rioting started. You right. Know? So yeah. Now we have rioting and, and looting, and then you know, like on Thursday night. I was here with another drummer and we were just like sort of like doing a lesson and he left. And then right after he left, my power went out. I'm like, okay. And the power goes out and I live in a pretty small town, but there's a lot of businesses here. As a matter of fact, like Netflix, like corporate headquarters is about a block from my house. Oh yeah. I think, I I think I remember you saying, yeah. And you said there's nobody there. Well, yeah, and they're and they're em- empty. And I think so. And then about ten minutes after the power goes out, then I get this text warning from the, the the city saying we expect rioting and looting tonight. So please be safe. Fuck I'm like, hell. you you what? gotta be kidding me. 
Did you? You must have thought it's like it's 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 the purge. It's the new season of the purge has started. So I'm totally, and I'm just like, well, time to hunker down. You know, I'm like, you've got to be joking me. It's 2020. They've got no power. There's rioting and looting alerts. And I'm like, um, and we, you know, and uh, I have three kids, so you uh, know, I'm kind of like, oh Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It's like, well, you know, as, as if being locked down isn't enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let, let's let's throw in, you know, the first pandemic for a hundred years. Let's let's throw in some some uh, uh, civil unrest, riots, uh, power cuts, anything. <laughs> well, well, no, I was I, I was talking to a friend of mine that night. He goes, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I have no power." There's a rioting loot, looting alert, and he's like, "Well, did you hear about the a- asteroid?" And I'm like, <laughs> "No, but I'm sure it's coming." Like, yeah. he's like, "Yeah, I think it's going to pass." Like one mile from earth sometime tonight i'm like of course it is <laughs> and uh, well jesus but that that is a near miss in asteroid terms isn't it <laughs> yeah so i'm like and i think he was kidding but i'm like at this point nothing would shock me yeah yeah so it's riot, riding looting blackouts and oh by there's an asteroid coming as well okay cool yeah what else i'm gonna have a beer uh, yeah <laughs> What else? What else can life? Um, uh, yeah, can, can life throw us? You must be. Um, you must be itching to get. Um, well, I, look. I, the stage of you, the career you're in at the moment. You've look. You've you've as we talked about before. You've you've toured extensively throughout your life. Um, yeah. But I, I, but I presume that you know the 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 you know the will to get back out there and still you know and still hit the stage is is still there though. Yeah, I'd like to go. I mean, I'd like to play some more. I, like, I, but here again, if someone called me today and said, we're going out in two weeks, Ooh. and you're going to be in a tour bus every day with seven or eight other pe- people, <laughs> I, would, I would have to say no. Yes. Yeah. Well, you. Well, actually, you'd have to call them an idiot first. That would be your... <laughs> that, that, that would be your duty. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that. I, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to be... I'm trying to be politically correct. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, right now, I mean, you know, I'm hoping, you know, as, you know, as numbers, as numbers decline over here, you know, maybe somebody can fire up some dates by the end of the year and we'll get to go out and play some more. But, I mean, if I do, it's going to be under the safest conditions. And it's not, and it's not, I, I don't fear for myself. I just don't want to get it and give it to other people. It's not, yeah. it's not a me thing. Cause it, yeah, no, it, I agree. Know, I with, agree. Um, with, with family and kids and relatives and grandparents and stuff like that, yeah. you know, that's, that's the part that concerns me. But, you know, I'm hoping, you know, things, you know, will hopefully get better. But at the same time, I've also just read, and I'm not reading very much news because it's so bad, but the last three or four days, because you know California sort of opened up, now numbers are going right back up again. <laughs> well, it's it, I mean, yeah, we've we've got it. We've just got to come out of it slowly, you know, and and take it easy. I've, yeah. I, I've seen that um, there there was an article about um, concerts starting again in Italy um, as of June the sixteenth. Now, some people, as usual on social media, have posted this article and gone, see, it's not all doom and gloom. Everything will be all right soon. And it's like, 
Right. Now, I've seen that enough times to know that people who do that invariably haven't actually read the fucking article. So um, so I read the article. Right. I read the article. Yeah, concerts are coming back. Seated concerts only. There must be two seats between everybody. Face masks right. are compulsory. Hand sanitizer is yep. compulsory. And the musicians must not interact with each other in any way. So... Uh, on you know on stage as well so basically yeah. not a fucking yeah. gig then is it <laughs> well the only thing you know i thought of we could do it like you know like sort of the larger acts if they wanted to do something when i don't know if they make a lot of money from it but you could almost do like say a virtual thing like say if the rolling stones did like a show and there's only, you know, the Stones, they have like seven or eight people on stage and literally go into like a nice theater someplace and live stream it and and have, you know, basically social distancing completely. Because <laughs> honestly, if they did that right now, I, I would pay to see it. Yeah. But, you know, but the other thing is too, like say if you put seven people on stage, like, that with that band because you have the five main guys and you have a couple background singers and key keyboard players. So I think it's probably eight people. You could keep them distanced, and you could put up a plexiglass in front of Charlie Watts, and you could film it. But the problem is then you have crew guys. Yeah. Now the crew guys obviously you know work in close proximity, right? And and that's that's where all this the weird details. There's no way to get through the day setting up teardown production purposes to keep everybody six to eight feet away at all times. It's just not possible. Well, it, presumably they're going to have to take the... Because uh, we, we've got professional football starting again here in two weeks. Uh, behind closed doors, no fans. Um, right. And um, and they're, they're tested every day. Now, the corona test is still 24 hours. But they're tested, right. they're tested every day. And obviously there's going to be physical contact between players. Um, sure. But the only way, the only way that they can control it is, you know, testing every day, disinfecting dressing rooms every time they're there. Yep. Um, and and each club is spending four hundred thousand pounds on uh, coronavirus testing for the remaining nine games of the season. So unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Well, let me ask, that's what's let me ask being put you this, into. Though, and here's and. And they're they're trying to sort this out with Major League Baseball and basketball as well. So what happens, and I'm just curious if you, you might know, say you have two leagues that the two teams play, and then the next day one guy on one team tests positive. Don't you really have to shut both teams down for two weeks to quarantine? Well, you have to you have, you have to shut them down, but then you have to test them. Okay, and then you find right. out, and then you and and, and then you find, but also the the testing they've done so far um, has been incredible. I mean, they tested the whole Premier League, and I think there was four positive tests, and none. Uh, Great. Um, uh, no, actually, no, it's more than that. Uh, actually, we have had players who've tested positive for it, but at this actual stage, there's about four, and they were, and they, they weren't players; they were all members of staff. Um, okay. So it, it, you know they've got to keep it really tightly locked down, but yeah. you know they, again still there's no you know there's no there's no there's not going to be any crowds and yeah you know the, the these are the you know these are the kind of changes at the moment that unfortunately 
we're looking at um, yeah. until we've got a zero infection rate or um, or a vaccine. Yeah, well, the, I think the NBA is, is trying to resume their season the third, I think it's the third week in July, and I think what they're doing, they're going to, I believe, Florida, <laughs> and they're going to play all, like, a, I don't know, a short regular season game and then go right to the playoffs, but they're playing all their games in, like, I, may, I think two vet venues in Florida. Wow. Right. Okay. Well, again, I, I mean, I'd be surprised if there was um, there was any fans there. I mean, in Germany, start started no, professional no, football. No, there's definitely no no fans. It's definitely right. without people. I mean, I just saw there was there was a NASCAR race this morning, and I forget who won, but there was no fans there. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, you know, and and so. and the thing is that it's, it, that's quite that's quite telling actually. The fact you just said like you know I forget who won. It's like yeah, everyone's gonna forget. <laughs> Well, I'm not. No, no, that, no. They'll remember. I'm just. I'm just not a big NASCAR guy, and I, I remember. I know all their names. I just forget which guy won. And it was so bizarre to see him get out of the car with like a COVID mask on, and I'm thinking, you already yeah. wear a fire mask, so why do you have that <laughs> mask on too? And and, who, and also, he, who who is it? That, who is it that you're trying? Who is it that you're trying to not infect while you're in the fucking car on your own? Right. That's. <laughs> that's I gotta tell you, that's the weirdest thing I see around here. <clears throat> yes, when I'm when I'm out driving, yes, or I'm out riding my, my road bike, I see people in their cars with the windows up by themselves with a mask on. I'm like, yeah, why? Oh, I saw. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I saw a know. guy. The I saw a guy the other day with the with the full face mask, like the full yeah. plastic face mask, driving a car on his own. Yeah, I was like, dude, like, what's that for? Right, because it's to, it's to protect others. So there's no one near you, and it's, just, it's not like you're an Uber driver. So I think you're okay. Yeah, it, it, and I don't know. you're not you're not going to suddenly find yourself, um, uh, you know, out of the car and socialising with people. You right. Know? So uh, yeah, it, it, it is. It is. It's really weird. I mean, the the weird thing is, people are still kind of social distancing here. It's weird. Some people have just given up on it completely, and others are still right. quite strict. And that's that's leading to even. It was bad enough when we were all social distancing. It was a bit awkward, but we all kind of made a, a a thing of it anyway and nodded at each other in a typical British way that we do. Some would say we've been socialing distancing for hundreds of years. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what we're like. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, now some people are distancing and some people aren't. So it's kind of like you see someone coming and and you're just like, right, is this person going to like bump into me or try and walk ten feet around me? It's yeah. it's really it's really odd times because people are flooding out and like they it's it's almost like they want everything to be all right and if everybody just behaves like everything's back to normal and it is, but you but, and then you just look that's, at and then you look at all the you, restaurants. Yes, you know. Yeah, you 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 hit the nail on the head with that. <clears throat> it's like. <clears throat> People want everything to go back to normal, and they think if they go back and act like it is, then it will be. <laughs> yeah, they want to it's, will it that, into it. They want to will really it into existence, correct. basically. You know, they yeah. just they they and 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 I mean, it, I suppose it's one way of surviving, but I just don't think I think it's delusional. You know, they're, they're, it's called the totally. new. It's called the new normal for a reason. You know, so why yeah. so many people keep dropping the new? I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I get it. It, it, I saw a thing the other day where I was going, I was riding my road bike, and I went by this really popular hiking trail or mountain biking trail, and I don't, like I said, I'm not going on it right now because it's it's too narrow. And I rode by it on my road bike, and there was literally like, where I could see there was like 75 people going up it single file, literally two feet apart. It was like, you've got to be joking me. Yeah. You know, and in their mind, they're out. We're out exercising. Yeah, you're out breathing hard, and you're two feet away from some stranger in front of you. What are you doing? Yeah, like, I, well, it's, I don't know. it's funny. I've, I've noticed something. I've noticed something weird about social distancing as well. It's that some people, some people, right? They understand the concepts of social distancing um, to the right of you and to the left of you, but then they stand like you know five inches behind you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like some people think that it's like, right, you know, two feet either side and six feet either side, and that's great. And then they'll go and stand, you know, right up behind somebody. Yeah. It's, right. It's, it is really, really weird. It's really, really well, weird at the moment. Let me tell you the, the, anti, the anti of social distancing years ago. I was in one of the bands I was in, and we were doing meet and greets. Right. And right. this is the beginning of the meet and greet thing. And we were doing it for we had an endorsement with a stereo company, which was really cool. And the company was really cool. Actually, it was, it was actually JVC. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And I'm, uh, your voice is and your so, voice is coming out of a JVC speaker. As well. <laughs> yeah. So, well, there you go. So, you know, we so before and after the shows, we used to do meet and greets for the, you know, contest winners and stuff like that. And, I, you know, I've always. I don't really like doing, especially after the show when I'm just—I just got done playing and I'm tired and I'm like, whatever. It's just—it's not really comfortable for me, like right away, like walking to a meet and greet from a show. So we were uh, in this like conference room at the venue, whatever like amphitheater we were playing, and this then this woman's talking to me, and she's like, and she goes. Um, I have to tell, tell tell you something, but I have to tell you in your ear. I'm like, well, just whisper it where I can hear it if you don't want people to hear it. You know, being very polite. I had my hands behind my back, and she freaking bit my neck. What? And I'm like, you, I'm like, you mother. What? You could guess what the second word was. <laughs> you know, like, you've got to be joking me. And apparently, I guess she had a few drinks in her. I don't know what her end game was there. And, you know, security was right there, and they pulled her off. And I'm like, and they called in, like, you know, the venue paramedic. They said, Leah, you have some teeth marks, but she didn't break the skin. And I'm like, you know what? That's the end of my meet and greet. <laughs> That's it. Game over. I, I, I kind of understand, man. Really, I do. You know, I'm going full Neil Peart on this. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know? bless him! Bless him! I oh God, yeah. I can't. I can't treat. I can't treat a stranger really... like a long-awaited friend. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh. No, so I'm like, so I, I, you know, so I've always kind of felt a little uncomfortable with those things. I mean, I'll do them if there's people I know, but I feel really weird trying. It's just been a weird, awkward thing for me to 
talk. I mean, I, I like talking to people, but you never know what you're going to get. And that was like the worst case scenario <laughs> where someone bites you. Well, uh, that's like, that, yeah, that's enough to put most people off. But if you if you're kind of you know if you're already predisposed to not particularly kind of you know enjoy the experience, then that's 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 all you need, really, isn't it, to never do them again? No, I just you know I, for me, I like doing them. Like I'll do them out in the street after the show. Just like if, if I'm getting like a coffee during the day, I love talking to people. I think it's fun. But just right after a show, it's like I, I just I need like an hour or two to like not talk to people. <laughs> right. But yeah. And that's why I'm just like that's like my private time is, you know, I want to jump in the shower. I want to get some dinner. I don't want to I don't want to sign stuff. And, and it was just really weird. I'm like, I can't believe that woman bit me. <laughs> I'm like, you know, like, you know, I don't think I want to do these for a while. Yeah. And, and what other line of work are you coming home and saying that? Ah, oh, jeez, yeah, I don't want to get bit by a human today. No, 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 really not, really not. Um, you know, but that must be—I mean, presumably, like you said, you, there were there were sort of there were commitments behind it as to why everybody was doing it. Were you were, were you were you all right to pull out of it? Given, I mean, obviously you had like a great oh no a great no they were to. they were totally fine. The company guys felt really bad because they're like. Oh my God, we're sorry because you just got bit by a human. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I said we might have to like control this a little bit better. Like, like I don't know how, but like, not allow drunk people back here. I don't know. I'm just, I yeah. just know I don't want to get bit by somebody again. Yeah, yeah, and that, that does seem, um, yeah, that seems a little extreme uh, to say the least. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, well, like you said, you've seen you've seen sort of meet and greets come in, and I mean, I personally, it's not something that I would ever feel comfortable doing. Um, uh, but also, I think there's just something there's something innately old school about fans who who turn up early and just know where to hang out, and so they can bump into people. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's that's like, especially in the UK and stuff. I know I just walk like because during the day I usually just walk around and I just come back to play. I don't sit in the venue all day. I'll do sound check and I'll go out and get a curry, as you well know. Yeah. And then I'll come back and there'll be some guys with the, some albums and stuff and some CDs. And I'm fine talking to them all, all day long. <laughs> That's fun. But, yes. You know, some of this weird organized stuff can be a little bit strange at times. But no, I like talking to people. If That's when you try to, you know, where they tell you like, hey, I really didn't like that second record. I'm like, okay, why? <laughs> then yeah. they have to tell, tell you. I'm like, and sometimes they actually have a logical thing behind it, like you know, I don't think the melodies were that. I'm like, okay, cool. It's it's you know, I don't I don't mind at all. Yeah, and I think I, I, the funny thing, funnily enough, I've got a friend of mine who's um, a, a singer in a, another thrash band, and uh, and he said that he had somebody come up to him and saying like, oh, you know, I didn't didn't like the new album as much as the previous one, and he was like, oh right, um, anything particular? And he said, well, yeah, your vocals really. And he was like, right, okay. <laughs> Um, so, so what, what, what aspect of my vocals? And he was like, well, um, you haven't sounded the same since you had your throat operation. And it's like, well, oh man, yeah. I'd have just kicked him in the fucking balls. Yeah. Some people are, uh, I don't, you know, it, it's no filter, no, no filter. That's what it is. No filter. Do you know what I mean? It was like, and th this person yeah. was telling me and saying, oh yeah. And, and he, and he was really pissed off. I said, well, what the fuck did you think? <laughs> you know? Well, here's, here's the thing that's even stranger. 
This guy took the time out of his day to try to find him, to seek him out, and tell him he didn't enjoy his vocals. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, <laughs> that's, that's the creepier thing, because I have a lot to do in my day that's really constructive. Like, whether it be going to the gym, going bike riding, going snowboarding, going running, going, like, going to the beach, going, you know, I got all this fun stuff that I do. I don't wake up in the morning and go, I can't wait to find some guy in this band and tell him I really didn't like his vocals on their last record. That just does not enter my mind at all. Uh, do you know what? I've just realized that, that is, do you know what that is? That's actually real life trolling, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not, not, ha- not happy with just commenting on the Facebook page. I'm going to find these guys in real life. <laughs> yeah. That's, isn't that, isn't that, that's, that's, it's, yeah. I've had a lot of creepy experiences like, like, like that. Like, that's, why I don't do much social media. I just I don't need to be found. Well, yeah, but there's also there's 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 odd people in the music business as well. It definitely attract attracts some uh, unusual types, shall we say? Yeah, at at times. And you know, a friend of mine told me years ago where there was some incident, and he's just you know you just have to remember. And I think it was I forget who was a manager. He's like we had some incident, and he goes. Fan is short for fanatic. Yep. Absolutely. And I'm like, I, n- I never really thought about it much, and I'm like, yeah. you know, okay. Yeah, that's I always re- I always refer honest, I always refer listen, to myself as a football supporter as opposed to a football fan for that for that very reason. And it's, a, it's yeah. I mean, I've never gone up to anybody. I don't I don't really get it. Like. Like, it, it's, I just don't feel comfortable with it. The only time I've ever gone up to anybody and said hi because I was a fan, I think it was... Uh, it was actually Jimmy Page. <laughs> oh, wow. And I didn't go up for longer than because he was sitting with a friend of mine at, like, I think it was the Classic Rock Awards in London years ago. Yeah. And he was sitting at the table next to me. He was literally 10 feet away. And I'm like, you know, obviously I'm a huge fan. But I, I'm not big on, like, this and that. I'm just like, I just went up during a break. I was talking to my friend, and he was sitting next to him. I said, hey, I just want to tell you, man, I've been listening to you for years. I really enjoy your work. Thanks. Done. <laughs> That's all I had to say. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And, uh, and, and that's, the, that's the best way to be, isn't it? It's like, it's in, out, you know, that's... That's it. That's all we need. I, funnily enough, a, a friend of mine um, uh, met uh, Lawrence Fishburne um, about two yeah, or three years yeah. ago. The actor. Yeah, I was just I was, I was just watched uh, John Wick the other night. Ah, oh, he's he's oh, he's fucking awesome in that. Yeah, that's when he got all cut up. Yeah. Well, a, a kind of tangent. I actually um I actually hung out on the set of uh, Matrix Reloaded. Um uh, nice. the, Yeah, the second Matrix movie. Yeah, I had fr- um, a friend of mine who I was writing comedy with and performing with at the time is um uh, his partner was Lawrence's makeup um artist on all the Matrix films. Right. So so we got to so I got to go up to Alameda and and go in and check out I met Carrie Ann Moss um in a complete Trinity outfit which was um quite amazing. <laughs> um and um <laughs> so I got to hang out in in Lawrence's trailer. And um, so we were hanging out in his trailer and um, 
there's a bus timetable on the back of the door and these were all times that buses drive past because they were filming on a in a huge um aircraft hangar right on so the Al- tourist buses yeah exactly yeah so you've got you've yeah. got tourist buses but you've also got there, there's there were still barracks there as well so the buses pick up family who are still living there so basically, they had they they there were certain times where they just weren't allowed out. Otherwise, somebody on a bus is going to drive past and see Morpheus walking past. Um, right. And um, he was just uh, just an, a lovely, lovely guy. Huge, huge, like laugh on him. Absolutely amazing and um, awesome. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was a re- it was a real experience, man. It was a real, real experience. That's cool. Um, and nice. a lovely, lovely guy. But anyway, my friend was saying. Um, two about two years ago, um, was over in the states. I bumped into Lawrence Fishburne, and asked for a selfie. And Lawrence said, uh, "And and my friend is a male." And Lawrence said, "No, you can't have a selfie, but you can have a hug." That's cool, man. Yeah, how fucking cool is that? Well, have you ever heard the you ever heard the story about Paul Newman? Ooh, probably not. Where he didn't sign autographs? Uh, yeah, I know no, something about that, yes. Years ago, and you know, it was a thing where he was literally in a bathroom taking a piss. <laughs> and someone comes up and goes, to him, can I have an autograph? <laughs> and he's like, are you fucking joking me? And from that point on, he's like, I don't sign autographs. Wow. That's it. He's done. Yeah, don't blame him. You know. So is it, so his, was he your was he your inspiration then for quitting for quitting meet and greets after getting bit? <laughs> no, I just I just remember that because I just remember what a, the most bizarre story. Like you're you're in you're in the loo and someone comes up like, "Hey, will you signed my album." I'm like, "Really? You want that signed now?" <laughs> like, I yeah. don't have any Clorox wipes or anything. Jeez. Yeah, that sounds that sounds ridiculous. Well, funnily enough, when they were when they were filming um, uh, the Matrix, um, my my friend's partner told me this. Um, Lawrence went and um, uh, Lawrence just went to go and chill out in a park um, between takes because they had like you know right. they were, they were re- resetting. It was going to take a few hours, and he goes, "Look, I'm going to take a wander and just going to sit in the park and chill out." Okay, so he came back. And she said, and she had to touch up his, you know, do all his makeup and him. She said, oh, how was your walk? And he said, oh, it was quite interesting. She said, oh, why is that? And he said, I was sat in the park smoking a cigarette. And a right. guy came and sat on the bench and said, hey, you got to spare one of those. And as I went to give him a cigarette, I realized it was Gabriel Byrne. The Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, What? What on earth? How the fuck does that happen? Well, I, rem- I remember years ago, I was shooting that movie, Wayne's World. <clears throat> Whoa, you were, you, were, you were doing what now? I was shooting that movie, Wayne's World. Right, were you? Yeah, I was in Wayne's World. I was playing drums with Alice Cooper. And we were on hold for a couple of days. I remember we were sitting around the venue, and the hotel was not far away. I think at one point I got so bored... I'm like, I'm going back to the hotel. <laughs> I jumped in the pool, and then they're like looking for me like, hey, you're on set. I'm like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> I had to go quick, run up to my room and dry my hair again, which was no easy task in those days. Oh, did you have the full-on, was it all? Was it teased and tasseled? 
I don't know. It was like chlorine. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, he was like pool water in a hair dryer, and I'm like, oh man, I just got down here. We haven't done anything in hours, you know. Yeah. So if you, <clears throat> if you wanted a haircut, you didn't need to go for a haircut. You could just snap bits of it off. Oh no! It was just like, oh, so I just like quick dried it, and then we did a couple of other takes and whatever. I don't even remember, but I just remember like, oh, I got to get away from here for a little bit because we literally the problem with doing movies and films is like it's a lot of hurry up and wait and you literally just sit around well that and the thing is we we we're, we're from an industry that is hurry up and wait but boy it does not compete with movies no not at all not no movies are the worst and that's why like i think everyone goes insane they're like yeah we did like one year to make this movie and you're like oh man i think i'll retire now the thing is, as well as, I mean, they amaze me because it's the amount of moving parts. You know, you think in a band, you've got the band yes. and then you, you might get the management and, and a producer and a label to try and interfere. But ultimately, that's that's about it. You know, yeah. but you're talking no, you're about a right. movie. Yeah, right. yeah, movie you've got, well, there's, there's, there's a guy who wrote it. Then there's a guy who's going to direct it. Then there's the money people. Then there's the producers. Then there's the, the studio. Then there's the fucking actors right. and they want their say as well. I mean, yep. it's... How the how anything ever comes out is any good is beyond me. No, it's amazing. It's a really hard job. I've been, I've been on a few sets and I've seen the way they make films, and it is a really difficult task. You know, I have friends that make car commercials, and I've seen those. Those are unbelievable. It's like the amount of people it takes to film a car driving through the forest, look looking shiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's like holy. Holy but Jesus, this is like hard work to do do this. Hey, but Howard, listen, I'm gonna have to cut you short. I have an appointment I have to go to. Dude, but it was, it no was problem. a lot of fun talking to you as always, and I'm still in search of a San Jose curry. <laughs> well look man, I'll tell you I'll, I'll if I if I hear any news I'll let you know. And if I ever see a Mexican curry I'll I'll also let you know. Uh, <laughs> but um, but look man, I, I, I could talk to you for days. Um we we we'll definitely have to have a a beer um either I'm over there or you're over here, but um it's been an absolute well, pleasure. Well, you know that's that's funny. A friend of mine over there I talked to the other day, he's like I said, I haven't been to London in almost three years. He's like, I know. When do you think you can come back? I'm like, who knows? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, know. I mean, when can anyone go anywhere right now safely? I mean, I understand if you're flying for work, but, you know, I used to do a thing where just shoot over to London for a weekend and hang out, and I just, I don't even know, you know, until things calm down, I guess. We'll just kind of watch and see how everyone's health is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, you take care, look after the family, um, and um, I'll, I'll speak to you soon, hopefully. Awesome. Thanks, Howard. You have a nice, nice, nice night. Absolute pleasure, mate. You take care. Cheers. All right. See you. Cheers. See you. Bye-bye. And there concludes my uh, conversations with Jimmy DeGrasso. What a, just what a lovely guy. I could talk to him for hours on just about any subject, as you can tell, because we do like to wander all over the map and not really cover the topic that we're supposed to. Um, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did doing it. I'm sorry if it's um, I'm sorry if this is an exercise in self gratification, and then you, you listen to him and like, yeah, I can really see that you really enjoyed that, Howard. But you know, what are we supposed to get out of it? Um, fair point. Um, but anyway, look, um, I thank you very much 
for all of you for listening. Um, sign up for Patreon, please. Spread the podcast, spread the word. I really need you to do that because that's the only advertising that gets done is word of mouth. So please, please, please do keep it up. Um, thank you, all of you, um, all the patrons. Um, it's good to see you all on Zoom. If some of you, if you just want to sign up for a month, okay, for five dollars, you sign up for a month. I will be doing Zooms. Um, throughout the month so you know there will be a chance to you know I'll be doing one or maybe two so there'll be a chance to to catch up and you can ask me anything you want if that you know if you're bothered seriously if you're bothered but the way to do all of that I've just realized I've kept really right at the end now I'm actually going to tell people how they can subscribe to the podcast through patreon it's patreon.com forward slash howard h smith fucking hell well there you go so if that's if that's your bag, go for it. Cost you about, I mean, like a little over five quid um, in real money. I always like saying that. And um, and yeah, join in, join the party, join the fun. Um, it's it's really cool. It's yet another app to stick on your phone. It's another form of social media, but it's actually just really cool people on there. And they, believe you and me, it, there's you know Patreon opens up the a whole world of artists that you like that are on there that you didn't realise were on there and are doing some really cool shit that is really worth paying for. Um, and I'm just one of them because that's really cool shit that's worth paying for. So please, come on. That's the end of me begging. Um, all stay safe. Hope you're well no matter where you are in the world. Take care. Look after yourselves. And uh, let's get through all of this shit and see you the other side. Okay, take care. Be well. Ta-ra. See you at the end of the month. I won't see you. I'll speak to you at the end of the month.